This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by ComicBookClick.com. That's it, people. ComicBookClick.com is the one stop for all things Comic Book Click, our merchandise, our articles, and every single episode of the Major Issues Podcast. Visit ComicBookClick.com and remember, you, yes, you are worthy. out there in comic book land my name is george serrano aka the don and if you're listening to this you could only be here for one reason and it's a brand new episode of the major issues podcast brought to you by comicbookclick.com and as always i am never alone sir please introduce yourself i am the very happy very excited very ecstatic dan the comic book man ladies and gentlemen Dan, the comic book man, is here again. We're still practicing social distancing. It's been quite a, uh, a long time since you've been in the studio. I'm man. going to be quarantined for a while. I want to just keep to the very, very good precautions that Dr. Fauci has given <laughs> us. Check you out. Look at you. Yes, um, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to be very, very in the, the zeitgeist. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we're practicing social distancing. Uh, everyone, as far as comic book click is concerned, seems to be healthy. Uh, so we're spread we're spread out, but we're able to come together once a week and deliver an episode of the Major Issues Podcast to you, the lovely people who are fans of Comic Book Click. It, it wouldn't be too much to sit right now and just for a second uh, grab that horn that's in the corner and toot it a bit. We have been getting some social media love. Have you noticed this, Dan? We have been getting a lot of social media love lately and it is it's it, it's enough to make your cold heart warm yes and you know it sometimes is a bit frustrating you'll never know what exactly it is that you put out into the world that will garner the most attention or attract the most fans who knows people um from you know I, we put up a post about damian wayne and aiden uh, aiden gallagher which we'll get into in a bit, uh, that oh, skyrocketing. It's in the thousands of, of shares. And these these numbers are very impressive for comic book click. Uh, and then I was able to find a mashup of the Doom Patrol Avengers um, crossover uh, homage that was on Doom Patrol. I put that up, and um, Cyborg himself uh, from Doom Patrol retweeted it. So that's getting a lot of love on Twitter. Um I'm just excited in general to that more people. Oh, I actually got a a little bit of a recognition from um one of the actresses that plays one of uh, Crazy Jane's personalities. Oh, that's amazing, Doctor Harrison. Yeah, we're now we're I now told- more in touch with the characters and cast and crew in like Doom Patrol, Star Girl, etc. than we ever have been. I'm in both. I'm in. I'm in all the DC original those shows because it's all made by the same that by that same guy it's all admin by him so i'm a pro i'm a pre, uh, pretty <laughs> yeah. sure he's a uh, a crew member he knows somebody who knows somebody got because he he, he's all, all the dc originals he's admin for so i joined all of them and it's it's great yeah and i and like i said you know um some you never know what catches on. You never know what's going to be the thing that attracts people to your brand or the kind of things that you do. And I don't know. I don't 
ultimately know how many people are going to be transformed from people who liked or shared a piece of our content to people who buy any of our merchandise to people who listen to the great major issues podcast i don't know what the conversion rate is going to be for that um but you know what like after busting our asses this long I think there is something I kind of want to tell all those people who just randomly started to like and share our kind of stuff. There's something I really have to get off my chest to those people, and that is welcome. Welcome to Comic Book Click, and <laughs> take a seat. Take a seat, everybody. You're all We have orange here. juice and sugar cookies in the corner. Yes, we do. No, that yes, doesn't mean we're going to take your blood, or maybe we will. And we made lemon squares using free-range eggs, which is always a good, uh, you know, starting point. Because... You got to have your chickens like your feet, free and uncaged. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's two references in there, people, if you're able to grab the, that up. But, um, yes, we don't discriminate. However you choose to find uh, Comic Book Click, the Major Issues podcast, or anything that we do, we're always uh, welcome to get more people in chiming in. Um, did you see? Well, I'm gonna be honest. I tell everybody that I'm that I do this. I tell everybody I know. It's like, hey, yeah, check us out one day if you want. You know, if you have two hours cleaning the house, yeah, uh, a lot, a lot of this that you general. really like is out. We probably covered it. You know, like there's no way we didn't cover yeah. any comic book movie that you love, like or or anything. We covered the worst topical. of the worst. Anything that's been topical yeah. in the last two and a half years has been covered on the Major Issues podcast. Literally every theatrical released comic book movie has been covered in the last two years yep. on the Major Issues yes. podcast. Um, it's it's our identity at this point, and we're growing numbers. There was even a thoughtful debate about whether or not we should keep the half Asian or um you know nationality of Damian Wayne afloat. I don't know if you caught that, but you know we're having discussions. Uh, we'll give our, all of our social media details later on at the end of the show. So you guys, if you haven't been following us across all of our social media channels, you can, um, because we're having a hell of a time over there. But we're not here to only talk about ourselves we're here to talk about the return of the umbrella academy the i'm, self- so, happy. I'm the, so happy the the you know confessed favorite show of one dan the comic man and i remember of all comic book <laughs> shows this is my favorite last year i remember the huge um effect this show had on you and with what happens with these netflix shows you know it always happens the same way because when they drop, we devour them. And it, it has such a humongous effect on us. But, you know, the quicker you intake it, the quicker it kind of goes. So a month after Umbrella Academy comes out, we're following other shows week to week. Uh, you know, the Swamp Things, the Doom Patrols of the world. And then um, you kind of kind of forget. You know you like it. You know it was your favorite. But you kind of forget what the feeling that it gives you. And I remember... Oh, no, I, it wasn't until my second rewatch. Yeah. That you felt uh, stronger for the material? Yeah, it was, it was my second real. It was like it, it was right before we were gonna cover it okay. because I did watch it back in February, but I watched it in like a week, and then it was like a, it was nothing. Right, right. But it was then we were gonna cover it because for some reason it was still in my head. I decided to rewatch it, and everything from the from the I think we're alone now dance to Klaus destroying the briefcase. To, it was just everything just gave me goosebumps from my knees to my shoulders. Yeah. And it just became out of nowhere, like, just this is my favorite comic book show. Even if it's not in my head the best comic book, this is just my favorite. 
Right. That's and my that's favorite comic book show, Umbrella <laughs> Academy. Yeah, no, no one's going to fight you on that. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I, rem- I also remember, you know, um, very little was said about the show. Almost like in season one, like little was said about the show in promotion of it. Not to say marketing wasn't out there, but they weren't. They were getting, they were keeping their details close to the vest. And um, about about two days probably before it dropped, they dropped the first two minutes of the show online. I remember I sh- shared it with you, and you were ready. You were game. <laughs> uh, seeing that, dude, scene, it was to my way. Yeah, uh, seemingly uh, made you f- fall right back into your Umbrella Academy uniform, your little uh, shorts and the sweater vest. <laughs> those goddamn knee-high socks yeah how do you how do you feel about coming back into this world uh spoiler free for a second how do you feel about coming back into this world um meeting the umbrella academy again uh and do you th- were you happy with the season i guess i'm getting goosebumps right now like i'm scratching my shoulders i feel the goosebumps on the back of my neck right now because i i it was like two o'clock in the morning like, i couldn't watch it at 12 Right. I watched it two hours later. I watched it at two o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. I watched the, the first two minutes, just like how I did with the, the first time around. I watched the first two minutes of this season opener. Right. And I had the biggest smile on my face. I was getting goosebumps, ch- chills. I was like, holy crap. Once the music, once the musical choices started showing, I was game. Yeah, I was one hundred percent game. Yeah, it was cool to come back in, and I think that for the most part, they were able to pick right back up where they left off. I think. Um, well, what is it? <laughs> uh, pick right back up where they started from. Uh, right um, back where we blew, right back where we started from. Right. Yep. Yeah. So I I think that the series was able to do that. Um, before we get into our full uh, recap and review. Let's do a little bit of homework. Um, For those who don't know, The Umbrella Academy is an American comic book series created and written by My Chemical Romance's own Gerard Way and illustrated by Gabriel Ba. The first six-issue limited series, The Umbrella Academy Apocalypse Suite, was released by Dark Horse Comics uh, between September 14, 2007 and February 20, 2008. The live action. You know, I think there's something that should be said real quick. There's something that should be said about the fact that Gerard Way created the Umbrella Academy and he writes for Doom Patrol. (laughs) Right. Two of of our favorite shows. Like, it's crazy that two of our favorite shows, your favorite, my favorite, and then seemingly both we love equally in a sense. Like, yeah, I mean, I was. And then the comics, it's written by the same guy. I was reading some of that older um, Doom Patrol stuff under Grant Morrison, and it's pretty obvious. That um, Chief was kind of a jerk from way back when. So I could totally see uh, Chief informing people like Reginald Hargreaves and thus everybody else sort of kind of being informed. Oh, it's by beautiful because Reginald Hargreaves there. would be like that opposite end of the spectrum of Chief. Like he would be the Chief that you know is in the forefront of bad guy. Right. Like the second you meet him, he's, like, he's literally stealing babies away from women that. Probably were very he bought surprised them fair that and they were square, Dan. He bought them fair and square. <laughs> right? Forty-three women. Um, you know, it's you know, like a lot of people. I know that scene in the first season, you know, of him buying the children is a bit shocking. But I think a lot of people also need to remember that those women weren't pregnant before. So they I weren't even like pregnant they were, five minutes before. I think the attachment. Like, look at the girl that gave level. the kiss. Yeah, I think the attachment's at a different level, right? It's like. 
I didn't even know, <laughs> you know, I didn't even know I was going to have this. So if you're going to pay for this, I don't know. So it gets What's tricky. so beautiful about that first season to me is like, I, you know, how I always talk to you about my connections with other things. Uh-huh. I find this real weird connection with, with Liv Tyler's character in The Leftovers mm-hmm. and with um, Leonard. Okay. Because it's like just how like Liv Tyler's character, her mother literally died natural causes the day of the departure. Right. Is the same way that that Leonard was born of natural causes on the same day that that the Umbrella Academies were just surprisingly born. Yeah, it's it's, it's so it shows how both became a villain. Yeah. They hijack yeah, attention so, from the from. It's so crazy because it's like, people. why am I not special? I was born normally, but you guys just get to appear or. Right, you know, it's like it's crazy. Or I can't mourn because, like, now everybody has to mourn. Like, exactly, I'm not special because those guys are the ones with the light shined on them. My normal birth is out overshadowed by the superhero's birth, even though I'm, I was born on the same day. Um, so the live action adaptation of the Umbrella Academy premiered on February fifteenth, two thousand and nineteen, um, with Steve Blackman serving as showrunner. And Gerard Way as executive producer, um, it was it came to tremendous success. You know, it aired to tremendous success on Netflix, prompting a season two, which we are going to review now. Uh, where we last left off, or you know, a brief recap. On October first, nineteen eighty nine, forty three superpowered infants are born to women who show no signs of pregnancy. Sir Reginald Hargreaves adopts seven of the children to train them to save the world from an unspecified threat. The seven children all have their own unique powers and are numbered by their usefulness, according to Hargreaves. So we have number. <laughs> so we have number one. Wait, that's why they're numbered. That I, yeah. I totally forgot. I was always wondering. Wait, why were they given the numbers? It had to be because that's their like positioning. Like that's yeah. like it, like codename kids next their door. Rank. But their rank, yeah. But but the, but this is a more fucked up version of rank. I mean, messed up version father, of rank because it's your dad. <laughs> Could you it's your adopted dad, dad putting... calling you by number by numerical uh, value. <laughs> of my children, you are the second least worthful, uh, right. useful. So right. I'm gonna call. So Ben's number. That's why Ben is number six. Yeah. God. Ben's down on the. Wait, but that sucks because the kraken. Well, I mean, he didn't want to be the kraken. That was the, always the thing about. Well, th- that they implied with that one bank robbery scene. Well, he's the horror. The Kraken is Diego. The Diego's issue is that, regardless of what he he actively wants to be number one. Oh wait, Diego it was it. Diego was the Kraken. <laughs> yeah, Diego's the. Kraken. That makes no sense because shit. I think literally, what's his liter- called literally the only because he can hold his breath on the water. That was his. That's, that's why he got that nickname. I'm still kind of confused about Diego's powers. So he can he can manipulate metal. Uh, he can, Is curve, that it? He can like, curve the trajectory of things. I'm assuming. Oh, he metal, can he can but... curve the trajectory. So even if I throw a pen at him, he can curve the trajectory of that pen. Yeah, I think it might be metal. I think metal's the one, like you said, that we see the most. But I could be wrong. Uh, because, like, when, yeah, there was a, there, there was a certain there was a certain moment where I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, that yeah, with too? the bullets and knives, and you're like, wait oh, see, a I was trying to be. I was no, trying no, to be you can, free. you can you can we're, we're about to break into all that stuff. Um, okay then. But yeah, let's start off with uh, Luther. So Luther's an astronaut. Oh well, Luther's space boy Hargreaves, played by Tom Hopper. Luther's an astronaut with super strength. He lived on the moon for four years as a mission from his father. 
He was the only one of his siblings who didn't leave the team and during a mission was severely injured. To save his life, Reginald injected him with a serum that turned his upper body into that of an ape. When he comes back for uh, for Reginald's funeral, it is revealed that he was sent to the moon on a fake mission. He has a crush on number three. Uh, Diego, oh, number two, a.k.a. Diego the Kraken Hargreaves, played by David Castaneda. A One of the greatest yeah. fucking, oh my He's god. Great. A rebellious, a rebellious troublemaker with the ability to curve the trajectory of anything he throws, usually knives. Um, Allison, number three. Allison, the rumor Hargreaves, played by Emmy Raver Lampman. Gifted with the power of super suggestion, Allison can make anyone do what she wants simply by starting a sentence with, I heard a rumor. Um, she, where did I go with that? With, while they're in ear, earshot. I'm not going to lie. Of all people... Of all of the Umbrella Academies, the one that I can see being an actual Marvel or DC like superhero or even villain is Allison the most. Well, that's because you've seen Kilgrave. <laughs> that's why. Well, yes, exactly. Yeah, because <laughs> you've but seen the, Kilgrave. But, that, but just that yeah. whole that whole thing where she can like just stand in front of you, especially the way the actresses has that that actress has her face. Yeah, like the way she just like deadpan stares at you, and she can just put point her hands like I heard a rumor that yeah. you jumped off the bridge. Like that's. That is so thematic to me for like for some reason like yeah. it's just it's cool. And the thing is like she you, we're shown uh, that she does her best to resist using this power out of fear and and that's what instance, makes her a hero honestly. Yeah, in one instance she seems to almost even um, lose control. So she might know something that we don't because I'm constantly yelling why doesn't she use her powers to save everything? Well, she's afraid of her powers. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize that until. This. She's she's an independent, strong black woman in this disgusting country. Of but, course, she's going to be afraid to tell a cop. I heard a rumor that you just killed your entire squad. But in season one, I think it is implied that a lot of her life was given to her by rumors by using this power. A lot. Oh of, no, uh, like I, her, I think it, almost I, her marriage, maybe um, her her acting life, her fame in acting. Uh, you heard like like she's driving a car. And she hears like I heard a rumor. You like me for this part. I heard a rumor. You know uh, what's, the, like what's the other one? Inferred. I think it was more inferred. I think it was like openly like like yeah. It could be like taken yeah. just by like the 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 run around the conversation. Like we're gonna beat around the bush of it. But I think she literally got her entire life by rumoring. Yeah. So probably she's probably starting to first feel feel for the first time real life emotions and um you know. Is, is earning she probably things. didn't rumor for all those two what was she no she was in three about three three years two years in the 60s so yeah, yeah she probably didn't rumor that entire time no i don't think she does i think someone tells she says something similar but um we have number four aka klaus the seance hargreaves played by robert Sheehan, a flamboyant drug addict. Everyone's the, favorite pirate. With the ability to communicate with the dead and temporarily make them corporal. corporal. Um, yeah, I love Klaus. We'll get into all of Klaus'sness later on. Um, number five, a.k.a. The Boy, played by Aiden Gallagher, a boy with the ability to jump through space and time. After traveling to the future, he ended up in a post-apocalyptic world unable to get back. He survived on his own for decades before being recruited into the commission, an agency that keeps tabs on the timeline and figures uh, who would threaten it. He's Which is just that weird uh, shit that um, What's-His-Face worked for in Legends of Tomorrow. 
uh, the, the Time Lords, I think he worked for. The Time, because they ended up both being evil anyways. <laughs> right, right. Anyone who wants massive control over the timeline seems to be evil. Control in general seems to be something of power. Basically. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Murder corrupts absolutely. John Locke. Yeah. Yep. Uh, John Locke, Dan Harmon. Um, he eventually betrayed <laughs> them in order to get back to his time. Uh, I'm sorry. And, and warn his family of the impending apocalypse. Uh, and he's constantly hunted down by his former employer. Um, number six, a.k.a. Ben the Horror Hargreaves. That sounds like a, like the Horror Hargreaves. The Horror Hargreaves. Played by Justin H. Min. Uh, number six can summon tentacled horrors from his body. But that was when he was alive. Ben is deceased, but appears regularly to Klaus and helps him occasionally. Um, num- and then finally, number seven, uh, Vanya... The White Violin Hargreaves, played by Ellen Page, a meek violinist with no apparent supernatural abilities, which is somewhat alienate, which somewhat alienates her from her siblings. In reality, she possesses the power to convert sound waves into destructive force, an ability her, her father suppressed with drugs to keep others out of danger. She has written a tell-all book, which has ostracized her from her family. 20 years from their birth. There's and after- so many great connections in this for me, <laughs> man, because it's the same thing with Stephen Hill in The Haunting of Hill House. He wrote a tell-all book that alienated him from his family. And then we already Hard spoke about how much Jean Grey, like the there's a lot of Jean Grey to, exactly, yeah, Jean Grey to, yeah. um, to Vanya. Um, and so uh, 20 years after their birth and after growing apart as a family, all of the siblings are informed that their father passed away. Number five returns for the first time, and Vanya's uncontrollable rage basically destroyed the world. In a desperate attempt to stop Armageddon and save his family, Five, who is not trained in time travel, transports his family out of 2019 to an unknown time and location. That's how season one ended. If you want the nitty and gritty of season one, we have a full recap and review of season one. Yes, we do. uh, A little bit of information about that first volume of uh, Brother Academy and how it ranks up with that season. So go back and listen to that because we are now in full spoiler-filled territory. Spoiler time! Um, we're going to uh, go after uh, right when season one, uh, sorry, right when season two picks up and then follow these characters on their own character threads. So, following I on, hate that this show never gives Diego a goddamn love. I'm just saying that right now, I mean, man. Like, he gets love. He just doesn't get to keep it. He gets love, but he doesn't get to keep it. It's not fair. I don't think anyone does in this show. Really? Yeah. Nope. No, none of them get to. Well, Hargraves is the only crazy bastard he that decided to. He didn't even get to, to keep it, though. He didn't get to keep no, it. But he just, no, but he did the most stalkery thing ever yeah. and made a robot image of her. But we have to find out. I think we could say we could talk about this now because it's not it's not too much into the details. We have to find out whether or not there's still a robot Grace in this timeline. Oh yeah, because we don't know why he did it in the last timeline. This timeline seems like he might because she walks away. But did she walk away the first time? Did he kill her? <laughs> you know what I'm like, and it what, can't be that this was. Is... And it can't be that this was always meant to happen because once they got back, it was all back to the future with the, with, with a was. new whole setup. Yes, and and Hargreaves has knowledge of the future. Yep. So he knew that he knew what he was gonna do. He, so he yeah. decided to do everything to probably prevent exactly. his failures. And thus, oh man. Yep. <laughs> so 
Following on from his attempts to save the Umbrella Academy from the apocalypse they inadvertently caused, Fi finds out that uh, he has not been as successful as he had hoped, with each of his siblings being scattered through Dallas, Texas in different years. Klaus and Ben find themselves in 1960, Allison 61, Luther 1962, Diego, Vanya, and Five in 63 months apart. Five finds himself thrown onto the battlefield between, so between the Soviets and the USA and questions immediately what they have done to cause this timeline. It quickly becomes apparent that the Umbrella Academy is using their powers publicly against the Soviets, much to Five's surprise. Just before Five is about to reunite with his family, Hazel appears and tells them to go with him if he wants to live. Um, given that nuclear warheads are about to explode. Five has no other option but to obey, and when Five questions what's going on, Hazel reveals that he witnesses that he witnessed the end of the world, November 25th, 1963, a direct result of his family's meddling with time. Hazel reveals that Five must restore the timeline alone, given he quit the Tomps Commission, um, and he also reveals sadly that Agnes passed away of cancer. Sad moment. This is when I knew that the musical choices in this show was just going to excel above and beyond. Yeah, you want to talk about with... that My Way sequence real quick? Oh. oh, George, this is why this show is my fucking favorite comic book show of all time. That whole sequence of just the Umbrella Academy working together. And you, at that point, you don't know why they're working together, but... And you get to see each and everyone's powers on display in such great ways when it starts with Vanya stopping a tank uh, missile. Yeah. And then you see Klaus just bringing up the dead of all the soldiers to just fight the so battlefield. Cool. And then <laughs> When he just like, well, he, waves his yeah, hands how cool and they did he march forward. And his face is like if it was taking all of the energy out of him. And then you just yeah. see him just like like stumble over for a second. like huh, And then you see those. And it's crazy if you look again. While he's pushing it, you see Luthor on the roof watching the whole thing, and you can see him jumping. He takes a whole like missile to the back or something. And he took a whole missile to the back, and then you see Ben, which is obviously this is why I love the details because when I just how I said it looked like all of Klaus's energy was being taken from him. You can tell because Ben is literally on a roof fighting soldiers with them, so that's obviously Klaus using his energy somewhere else. Yep. And, so this uh, man has to like pay attention everywhere, and then Diego does the his bullets best, with Diego uh, with his best like Deadpool flip that triple somersault kind of his flip. his his um line was just great. Fine, you crazy son of a bitch, where the hell have you been? It's like right. They all know, not only are they like all, he's having fun. You know, everyone's it's like he's hair is doing long. This. For the most part, everyone's hair is long in the sixties kind of way. Um, they don't oh, look even like how they Allison's hair was amazing. Yeah. They didn't look how five last le literally last left them seconds ago. No one looks that way, and they all look comfortable in using their powers, and they're all one team. None of this makes sense to five. Not none of this. Like everyone's then, dressed the same. Everyone's fighting the army. They're all wearing black. Yeah, and then a, like they're a wearing black leather. A, a nuke goes off, and I'm Hazel's able to zap him away. Um, and this is my, this was just like you said, the mushroom cloud was a great, you know, like the, how they do the signature umbrella in things. Yeah. in uh, whenever but, they do the title card. Yeah. But to me, them standing there watching the nuke happen, they're in an umbrella, like formation, like, yeah, they're, like formation. Form, they're, they're literally formed into an umbrella and even they're not even standing in a straight line. Like they're one's up, one's down, one's out, like they literally 
look like an umbrella dressed in all black. It's fucking beautiful shot. <laughs> Damn it, I loved it. it. Once it did that, once before that title card, everything that happened before the title card, my eyes, I was crying. I was crying in joy. This is my yeah, favorite it's, it's weekend a, of 2020. It's triumphant. And also, you know, if we saw all of season one and ultimately the villain and the bringer of the apocalypse in season one was revealed to be Vanya. So at the end of that series, it was the family fighting against Vanya. We never really got to see the family as one unit ever in season one. And Besides how Vanya that, is so comfortable with her powers. That's right. what it was implying that she was so comfortable with her powers. To be a good guy. And the family like, was as well because we the family's fighting. Here? The family's fighting beside her. So they're also comfortable with her power. Yeah. It's not like she's the, taking on the entire army by herself for the first time. The family And the fact that they're all wearing the same color, it's like they must have been fight. They must have found each other in some point right. and fighting for like a while while five was gone. Yeah. Well, five, yeah, because it was only seconds for him. Exactly. And years for them. Is that that's the craziest part about it? So 1963. Yeah, November of nineteen sixty-three, and then in one in nineteen sixty. So, um, I believe, yeah, Klaus says it has the longest time there. He's there for three years. Uh, yeah, and Klaus has been there since nineteen six September first, nineteen sixty. I think it was. I think that's Diego September first. He might be September first as well, but it would be nineteen sixty. Yeah, like you said. Um, before Five and Hazel are able to talk more, they are attacked by a num a num bleh, by numerous older men with machine guns. Hazel's able to send five away, but is shot numerous times in the chest and dies immediately. Uh, rest in peace, Hazel. During his escape, they killed off Hazel. <laughs> during his escape, five notices that he's being watched by a man from a nearby window. He travels to the man's apartment and notices that he's been monitoring the street where five emerged. This is Elliot, right? Yes, this is Elliot. Yes, he's a conspiracy theorist, but uh, he's he's the one that's going to help five find his other family members. Um, five questions the man over it, and the man reveals that he has been tracking the arrival of the members of the Umbrella Academy since 1960. Whilst the members of the Academy returned numerous times to look for their family, he explained that eventually they just stopped. The man hi hands Five a newspaper article about Diego, and he leaves to look for his brother. One thing that should be noted is the entire family... Um, it's, oh, sorry, it's that the entire family with Five's arrival is in Dallas... Um, just days before John F. Kennedy is set to be assassinated. And that becomes a big, like... And what's so funny about it all is that um, you, when it comes down to Elliot, you have to literally think, how long was this man, like, obsessing over this family's arrival? <laughs> right. Because they were literally all arriving randomly in the fall, it looks like. Yeah, it kind of looks like they were all like arriving in the fall winter time, right? But you would have to think how long Elliot himself was in the fucking was like in that window, always watching, always waiting. Yeah, when it happens the first time, it's it's a miracle, crazy coincidence. When it happens five times in total, you start to <laughs> that's definitely not no <laughs> you start to put things together. Yeah, you start to put things together. So yeah, and you even says that he lost his whole, he lost his wife. Like she ran off with uh, his best friend and all that. He was obsessed about oh it. Yeah, ultimately, I... the Hargreaves lead to his death. <laughs> the appearance of and God friendship damn it, with the that's right. Basically, uh, lead to his death. Um, so the first we're gonna follow these characters as they land. Uh, first starting with Klaus, and my idea is to get everybody's thread 
up until they go to the farm at the end. Okay. Sound fair? Sounds fair. All right. Sounds so, fun. <laughs> so Klaus and Ben land in uh, Dallas in 1960, and Klaus quickly finds an extremely wealthy sugar mama that he woos. With his new social status, he uses his knowledge of the future to make people believe he's a clairvoyant. His abilities uh, grow him a massive cult leading that leads him around the world, gaining followers before ultimately growing bored of it all. As the leader of a cult called Destiny's Children, <laughs> I cannot believe this man. God. It's 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 great. It's literally it's great. It's madness. Klaus uses modern. I need to know day. how does he have knowledge of like of all of the first like half of the sixties? Like how do you literally? There's no oh, way. Oh, like off the back like, of his mind? I don't think he has it that well. I don't think he has it. And, but he he could probably be able to predict movies, like movies being hits or music or yeah, something like that. He, he, Pop culture stuff. The thing is, he throws a dart. He literally throws a dart. And odds are, like, he was born in 1989, his character at least, right? So throw a dart yeah. and odds are his past references, quote unquote. And his future references are all post nineteen sixty, right? Like everything would yeah. be everything would be post nineteen. Just like somebody born in, in the two thousands probably has now like their most dated reference is probably from the eighties, because that's thirty years to them, you know, to twenty thirty years. For true, them. true. So, and then that the fa- yeah. and now the way the father teach it had to have them learn. They probably all know like seven no, languages. They probably know world events, world history. You know, American yeah. history, things like that. Not probably not to the letter but like the at one point because um, they could probably predict klaus probably could have predicted a president being winning because he uses modern, when did john f kennedy like get get in like 62 i believe so because he uses his so he um, could predict that he uses modern day song lyrics as his scriptures and one of them he uses is from the, a disco era and don't he go chasing waterfalls and george he doesn't but when he uses it sorry it's revealed that he's used it before. A follower tells it back to him, and he's like, "Don't you know that's Gloria Gaynor?" Like, and he said, "Who?" Yeah, exactly. So like, he doesn't <laughs> even realize sometimes that the things he's saying, people don't know yet. So it's not all, you know. Like he doesn't have a handle on, all, like, oh, I can say these things, and they definitely. Oh yeah, because he know. said like I will. He's kind of was like saying like the lyrics to "I Will Survive" or yeah, some shit. As long as I know how to love, <laughs> something like I know that. I'll stay alive. <laughs> yeah, like right, right. <laughs> Yeah. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Um, Stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to, man. So, um, you know, he's growing bored of this whole thing. And then he remembers that Dave, the man he fell in love with while in Vietnam in season one, is set to enlist. So he goes out of his way to try to stop him and kind of ends up speeding up the process as Dave denies his homosexuality and enlists anyway. What do you think of all that? The meeting at the paint shop. Um, I, I need... I need paint. <laughs> Just pick a color, dude. This this White man is <laughs> this man is legit me. I'm like legit a, Klaus. He's like, like I'm an so off mad shell, at myself. Like an off shell, like a white. <laughs> what did he go, mammy, mammy pink or something yeah, like they're that? They're out of white, so the only thing they had was pink, which uh, the guy said looks good in the bathroom anyway. He said latrine. That's how you yeah, knew he, did he was say right for the army. Yeah, he said latrine, and I was like, whoa. Because, um, uh, but then it's revealed later that his entire family was basically the Lieutenant Dan of it all. That I, I all love the men that in his ben family is, fought in wars. I love that Ben is like the Jiminy Cricket in this whole story. Like he's just there, popping up. Like this is a bad idea, bro. 
I don't know why you're doing this, bro. Dude, when Klaus was was in that poker game in the bar somewhere, and he was like, Ben was like messing with him. I was like, Ben, this is not the right moment. What about when they had that fight by the road, and it just looks like Klaus is fighting himself? That 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 was great. That was hilarious because the guy drove drives by, and it literally you literally see Klaus hitting himself in the ribs. Um, I love. Robert Sheehan's portrayal of this character it's I it, it gives me life as the kids say <laughs> oftentimes I just think he's very very good at it and I recently saw an interview um where he has a hum a, a immensely thick uh S- Scottish or Irish accent like an Irish like a brogue yes he has an extremely strong Irish accent so the fact that he's able to I mean actors have done this in the past but the fact that he's able to play an American so um convincingly I think is great. Yeah, I didn't know he had an accent. I knew Tom Tom Hopper had one because of Game of Thrones, but I didn't know he had one. That hair agrees with him in all ways. <laughs> Klaus's long hair, I think, is definitely a look. Um, Young Johnny Depp. I gotta get. I want to see if I can get a high res snapshot of the portrait that they have up, where he has his hands out and he kind of looks like Jesus. The oh, and he's the... right over his bed <laughs> right, or the right, bed yes. in the living room or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally want to get that somewhere. If I could put it on a shirt or something. Really, really, he's really, really sexy cool trash, thing. man. He's sexy trash. And he can't seem to get rid of his followers no matter what the hell he does. He just gets, <laughs> he just gets more followers. That's one of the best parts is when he goes through a level of where he's like, you know what, I'm a fraud, I'm a fake. Um, and Yo, like, that was, oh, I was just about to I'm a fraud that, that too. <laughs> we're all frauds. So you're saying if we just admit that we're frauds, we get closer to the light or something like that? He's like, no. <laughs> I'm trying I to think tell he goes you. To ben, like, I tried, man. I He's tried. Like, I'm trying to tell you I'm fake. I don't know what I, 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 all of the things that I'm doing is fake. And he's like, yeah. they're like, yes, we all have fakeness inside of us. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> damn it. Um, once Dave denies his homosexuality in lists anyway and also punches Klaus at one point. Um, very sad. Klaus decides to break his sobriety, which is also very sad. When we first found the character last year, or yeah, last year, he was in a rehab facility. He has spoken various times about overdosing. He was very much... Um, well, that was know, his introduction. He was getting out of a rehab center and then cut to it he's in the back of an ambulance being resuscitated. Yeah. So we know how dark and deep and down. Um, it, it, ben says something like, right. Uh, how many times can you hit rock bottom before? Like, I'm right. Like something like that. And he's just laying on the floor. No, yeah, he's like, how many times are you going to hit rock bottom before you get your life together? So I'm sure like, I'm like, damn, that's, how do you that feel hit about, me a little bit. How do you feel about Klaus never telling people Ben's around? I feel like he tried to tell them last year. Didn't he? Well, they they saw it when he saved them. They all when he saved them. When he right? when he yeah when he's when, when Ben fell. went into Klaus or whatever and no no, no I mean Diego's in season like, one. No, that's what I'm saying. In season one, like like Klaus used his own powers to like morph with Ben, and you see the tentacles coming out of Klaus. Oh yeah, and I think it was it Diego. Yeah, yeah, it was either Diego or Luther. One of them mentioned. They said Ben, and like it was like. Okay. But I also think he's just doing it as like. Because he's, you know, an ass. <laughs> right. You know, he's just yeah. being an ass. Yeah. Because it's it's that, um, you know, but like after Ben is able to possess Klaus during a meeting with their father because of that frustration um, um, with with him not being able to speak to him, 
uh, Ben ultimately begs to do so again. And for a few hours is allowed to live in Klaus's body, using it to eat fruit, walk barefoot, and make dirt angels with a girl he has a crush on. That was so beautiful. The way they shot that, right? The way they shot that was like you could feel him feeling everything. You really? can feel him the, the the when he opens the door, you can feel him feel the air around his skin. But even he said it himself, time. like he didn't feel he had a body, but he felt everything still. Yeah. Yeah. He couldn't feel arms move, he couldn't feel himself walk, but once he touched the ground, he felt it. When he grabbed the fruit, bit the fruit, he felt it. And but he, he still ate that fruit. Like all of it was like somebody who's never lived a life before. And you could just imagine, like again. Or someone years. that hasn't lived a life in a decade. Yeah. yeah like yeah. he's been dead, what, 12 years? Pro definitely for like, a while. That's crazy. And they did and it was Klaus the actor that plays Klaus, it was his acting ability and the director of that episode that really drove it home. Because yeah, because- yeah you're supposed to know it's it's Ben, but it was still the actor that had to play himself feeling things for the first time right and it's a kind of cool acting ability because it's 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 klaus trying to play as ben or it's you know like it's robert sheehan trying to do his best justin h min impression impersonation or whatever and i thought that was pretty clever especially with all the stuff like like ben probably's never dated i I, he said he was a virgin if i'm not mistaken in the in this well he probably died too young that's what it is um, what was what's every what is everybody supposed to be in season one like like our age like mid twenty like you know like twenty nine they were all born in eighty nine they're actually my age so they, so they were thirty when the show they were thirty when the show came out yes yep so think of it twelve years minus that Ben was probably like eighteen seventeen eighteen when he died yeah because they even had a flashback of his funeral how old do you think everybody looked there they looked teenager like yeah fifteen sixteen teenager right. So of course Ben definitely never got the chance to meet a girl like if all his life was was the Umbrella Academy. That's true. That is definitely true. Um it's so sad. His character will always be sad. His character will always be a sad character for me to think about cuz I have I'm an empathetic person, so I have to put myself into Ben's shoes. Oh Ben, oh Ben Hargreaves. And he didn't he got way more to do here than in season one hundred percent. He was literally one of them. Yeah, which is pretty damn cool. So Klaus ultimately, after the whole Ben thing, they meet up with five. Um, and they're supposed to, you know, they have a window to escape. Uh I'll get into all that stuff when we get to five. After having the greatest day ever, Ben and Klaus help Diego and Allison try to stop Banya, and in doing so, Ben sacrifices himself. Um, he sends a message through Vanya that the only reason why he hung around after his death for so long was because he feared the light. Freeing Klaus. That was, I can't believe they killed off Ben. I will not. Well, Reed killed him off, right? <laughs> well, even so, like, they didn't kill him off as in written. They didn't write him off. Right. We know he they, he's not written off. Right. But the fact that they finally, like, killed that version, that timeline version. Yeah. Is just, it's sad. And it almost seems like a, like you're leaving a hole. But at the end of the series, I believe that hole is filled. So <laughs> they swap. They do a, a quick one for one. Uh, so 
yeah, he, he basically frees Klaus's mind because Klaus at this entire time believed that it was Klaus's powers that made Ben stuck there. Um, so now that he's that's now, right, right. So Klaus right. is now he has his conscience freed, and so Klaus is the first person to volunteer to help Vanya uh, deal with. I was gonna say Holden. It's not Holden. That okay? Is it Holden? That car scene. What is it? Holden? What? No, it's Who? uh Hold- the kid, Harlan. No, Harlan. 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 Yeah. That I mean, scene, Holden's no better scene, than Harlan. Man. It's all the same. It's all the same garbage. <laughs> Those names are terrible. Um, but yeah, uh, she go. Uh, Klaus goes. But you're right. You're right. And it's cool because all the family comes in. Like we're not gonna let you go alone. But ultimately, I really just kind of wanted it to be Klaus because he was the first one again. And I was like, it's always you, bro. It's always you. Like, no, you, you're, you're, you not, you're, not, you're not wrong. Like, you, you I don't thought care. it was going to be Klaus and her. Yeah, I thought it was just going to be Klaus because he's always like, he knows he's the black sheep. So anytime anyone else tries to tries to go the woe is me way, he kind of makes them laugh. And he kind of, you know, like uh, elbows them in the ribs. And it's like, come on, bro. It, it gets worse than this. Like, if you thought this was the worst that it gets. Trust well, me, I've man seen, that's seen rock bottom. Yeah, trust me, I've seen rock bottom and his his ability and it often happens this way. Those who are the hardest on themselves uh, don't allow other people to be hard on themselves. And uh you can see a lot of that with Klaus in this season. So uh let's get to Allison. Allison, still suffering from her wounds at the hands of Vanya in season one, lands in Dallas in nineteen sixty one. She quickly realizes that a black woman is not quite welcome in most places in a pre-civil rights America. She's taken in by a group of African-American hairdressers. And even though for a long time she's unable to speak, she makes fast friends and eventually marries a civil rights activist named Raymond. The the two plan a sit-in in a whites-only diner and are arrested by police. When Ray is brutally beat by an officer, Allison uses her powers for the first time since before her throat was slit forcing the officer to walk away. Demanding answers, Allison's husband is told the truth but refuses to believe it until, uh, believe in her powers until Allison does a brutal demonstration at the racist diner, burning the owner's hand in the process. The two get on the same page, but Ray rejects Allison's invitation to go to the future. He tells her their time together was the best time of his life before Allison has to leave to go to the farm and help her family. I think that's about it with her, right? I don't know if there was much I missed on the whole Allison of it all. Um, I like her plot. I like revisiting 60s, uh, you know, things that were done in the 60s. I remember when I was watching some of her, you know, the episodes that she's prominent in that I mentioned to you. I'm like, I wonder how close to all of this, you know, George Floyd, Black Lives Matter stuff they had been filming. Uh, because the subject material is so poignant. But then I made the joke that <laughs> doing subject material about the racism in America is always poignant because it's always around. So it, they literally could have wrote this three years ago and it still would have been timely, uh, unfortunately, in this country, uh, which I think is a bit of a shame. And that is what's so... We I think we had this conversation. We We definitely had this conversation. Where you said the same exact thing to me that it's race, you know, when you show racist subject matter in any point in time in this country, it's going to be poignant because it still exists. Right. We're literally, we literally have protests right now 
fighting for modern day civil rights. Yeah. Which yeah. is yeah. like it's that sad. Yeah. So uh, when you walk arrest into the cops that killed Breonna what? Taylor, please. Can no, somebody, definitely arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. Can also anybody, arrest the, find and arrest the people that killed Vanessa Gillian or Gillen, Gillian, yeah. however right. you pronounce her name, because right. that is messed up. Anyways, but you know you're you're right, and it's like, what's the difference between her walking into a restaurant that says whites only, and yeah. her walking into a restaurant that doesn't say whites only, but she still gets the same side eye looks from patrons because yeah. it's it it happens today. Right. It happens today. She would still get those same side eye looks because a woman of her uh, make and nature with a, a bandage in on her literal jugular, you know, yeah, it's gonna att- it's gonna attract the wrong kind of attention. Who is this kind of woman? It's it's so subtle. It's so beautiful. It's not really beautiful, but it is in a, like you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, like it's yeah, be- it's, yeah. it's beautifully poetic. displayed. It's it's poetically displayed, but it's still a real-world issue. Yes. And um, and when you can take real-world issues and the real horrors of human emotions and put them into shows that, you know, are fictional and can't actually happen, yeah, it, it, it helps make them it more relatable because you're grounding these characters in reality. I think we also have to remember that I think in season one, Hargreaves, Reginald Hargreaves killed himself, right? Uh. Yes, he. That's when what he, it's revealed that he killed son himself. Of a, son of a bitch killed himself to get the family back together. Right, right. So the reason why I say that is that in the future, he like I want to believe had he not killed himself, he would have been alive. Which well, means, I mean, yeah, I think that's how it works, George. Which, but no, I'm saying because you know how butterfly effect, like he <laughs> he stops himself from dying and then he walks across the street and gets hit by a car. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, the timeline corrects itself. For the most part, I think if he does not commit suicide, he's still alive in 2019, barring disease, assassins, etc. The reason why I say... The the thing is, if the Umbrella Academy worked out, he would not have to have killed himself. That was the whole thing. So I want to believe that at the end of the day, what it comes down to is that... The reason why I say all of that is to say that if he would have still been alive, there's a person right there, Reginald Hartgreaves, who was alive now and during the times of racism. Everyone always wants to talk about how racism was generations ago. But look at a man like Reginald Hartgreaves. He lived through it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He lived through it. That was enough time to live through. Just 40 years ago. Not that long. 40, 50 years ago. Um, from when the when all that stuff gets put all together, so it, yeah, I think that that's that that's huge. Um, obviously, at several points, I had I I continue to have hard time um, sympathizing at, for Allison. I had a hard time sympathizing for her in this first season. You were um, really, you really were. You were hit, like, yeah, I, I loved couldn't. it when you hit when you hit me up. You said, "Okay, they were together for this many, for this long." Like, all right, I think I understand now about Allison. Like, yeah, George, man, you gotta like, nah, nah. you gotta listen. <laughs> oh, listen, if like Vanya, I give Vanya a pass. Vanya was doing uh, probably worse stuff than Allison was doing in terms of choosing this life over her, their actual life. Uh, Vanya was a lot more, you know, hardened in her views because she has no memory of anything before. But the fact that well, yeah, I guess in the fact that would be it would be not a cheat, but it would be like an ex- a, a worthy excuse. Yes. It was a worthy excuse why Vanya wasn't like so. She was all she knew from the time she got hit on the head 
to the time her family started showing up was CC Harland and uh, right. whatever his freaking name was. Carl. Carl. Yeah. Carl. 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 Yeah. So, yeah, she's like, that's all she knew. For a month, that's all she knew. If all I knew for a month was these three people too, I am going to feel like I owe them, you know, a debt, a right. great debt. Yes. And so Allison, you, know, you saw love, a stranger but... in a white suit, like get hit with a car. You didn't have to take me in. Right. You really didn't have to. That kindness is reflected. Um, and she remembers that. And it's, I'm not saying that Allison and Ray weren't really in love or any of that kind of stuff. But when it comes to, down to um, trying to get the family all together to go back to their timeline, I just found her inability to accept all of it very strange considering that she has a daughter. I don't think until the last maybe two episodes we don't get mention of the daughter at all. Until they're like, oh, yeah, we can go back. And she's like, oh, well, I can go I back and see. Well, I started thinking about it, honestly. What's her face? I can. I can't even remember her daughter's name. Clara? Something like that? No, that's Clara's um, uh, robot man. No. No. Uh, something like that. Shit. Something like that. But all I know is, like, I started thinking. I, I, I started thinking about it. In her head, even though she's in the past, in her head, it's either one of two options. A, her daughter doesn't exist yet because she's in the 60s. Or B, the world's already destroyed, so her daughter's dead anyways. Huh. That's how I started thinking. Like, I watched this twice. I, I went and I rewatched, you know, season two again. I'm like, I started thinking to myself on my second rewatch. Like, yo, in her head, her daughter's either dead or doesn't exist. So she doesn't really have any ties at this point. If anything, she should have ties to re, you know, um, save the world and go back to 2019 so her daughter, where her daughter is alive. Yeah. But even then, now that they're, who knows if she's even alive at this point? I would have loved if she would have just said any of that stuff, though. You know, like I would have loved if she was like, you no, know, yeah, we do need I, when stuff I got like here, that. When I got here every day, I thought about going back until so many days passed that I just decided that this life was the life I was going to live. I never thought I was going to go back to my other life. Um, but none of that said, like all of that's inferred, and I think that no, that's I a know, feeling yeah, of that yeah, character. It's, it, it is it is wrong because we should get at least some sort of motivation because the only person that really I think it was one of well who was it it was either it was either Klaus or Diego or both of them were the only people that knew five was gonna come back right everybody else had it in their head like Vanya was obviously no memory but Luthor at that point didn't give a shit if five came back or not right he probably you know you could look at like his character personality and say that he's smart enough to probably know five's going to find him, but he doesn't give a shit. He's literally fighting cage fights. By the time that five arrives, most people don't want to go back with him. Because most people like Klaus, Klaus was there for three years. Allison was there for two years. Uh, Luther was there for one year and the rest were there for months. Yeah. Uh, Diego was there for 75 days. Something like that. Yeah. A couple months, a couple, yeah, a couple months. No, yeah, Diego arrived in September, so September to November, and uh, Vanya arrived in October. October. Yep. So October to November that month, Luthor arrived in like '62. You know, like it's it's so crazy that they they made their life there, but Diego was the only. I know, I remember it now. It was Diego was the only person that knew in his heart Five was coming back. Yeah. Did you catch those landings, bro? Everyone's landing was so perfect for them. Uh, yeah, they mostly all fall right on the floor, uh, except for Diego. 
Diego. But I find that <laughs> I find that the way that I find the way that they they fell was yeah. like like metaphoric to them. Yeah. Like Allison fell flat on her face. The uh, Luther fell flat on his back. Vanya fell on her side. Uh, uh, Klaus fell on his ass. Yeah. Diego does superhero landing and five misses the doesn't stick the superhero landing. Yeah. Like it's to me, it's everything to me means something. Nobody just makes a shot. Nobody, no storyboard artist just sets up storyboard panels without it meaning anything. No director, no cinematographer in history makes a shot without it meaning something. That's why there's classes to learn, you know, cinematography angles and what they mean. Yeah. Everybody fell in a way that's supposed to be for their character. To me, anyways. Yeah. If I'm reading too much into it, it's okay. Yeah. If I'm reading (laughs) too much into it, then that's whatever. It's just me. But this is how much I love this show that I will read that much into it. I'm I'm there with you. And then that song, you know, it's all right. (laughs) Bro, I've I've been listening to that song since Friday. I haven't stopped listening to that song. Well made. That one and Renegade when Klaus was uh relapsing. Yeah. That and Renegade were the last drinking straight gin out of the out of the bottle. (laughs) Who does? Who does that? Who just drinks straight gin? You know how dry gin is? Gin Yuck. to me is like, it's not, I know it's not a liqueur because a liqueur is like syrup, but you use gin to make martinis. You don't drink that shit straight. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, but right. yo, and he cracked open the bottle of gin and started chugging it. I'm just, I just had started having flashbacks of It's Always Sunny. I'm just like, D, you bitch. That's, how, you bitch. What are that's you just how little he cared about everything up until that point. It's it sucks, but that's exactly great exactly song too. Is. Um, oh yeah, the sticks. At least it wasn't come. Running. Oh, I've I loved sticks since I was a kid. I would have started uh, crying if it was come sail away. So I'm just glad it was that. Uh, Always got to cry when it's come sail away. <laughs> Let's get to Luther. Oh, anything else on Allison? I want to mention that I thought that she had very touching reunions with Klaus and with Vanya. Klaus, she jumps yes, into the definitely. pool with her clothes on. To see him, it was very, very touching. Oh no, her, her, her excitement to see Klaus was just—it was palpable. It was great. But yeah, let's keep going. Yeah, and then she uh, was able to see Vanya, and you know they have an incredibly, um, you know, uh, complicated history with each other. She slit her throat, and the other one shot a gun near her head. Um, but it's all all is water under the bridge. So. Well, they're the only they're the only sisters with five brothers. Yeah, so. and um, she looked like I think one of the things Vanya says when she first sees her was like, "Oh, you know, I'm glad I have a sister or something." It's very sweet. Oh my god, when because you. Oh man, I'm gonna keep freaking marking over this show. I can't stop it. I can't help it because when <laughs> Allison walks in, it's the same. It's the same way when everybody walks in. Vanya's the only one without memory, so she doesn't know what happens, and everybody is very like, you know, weary to to get close to her. Yeah. But then when she does this bubbly, oh my god, I have a brother. Oh my god, I have a sister. Or hey, listen, if there's anything that I did to you, I don't remember, but I'm really sorry, and it just. They remember you're my sister. I, yeah, I grew now, up with you. I, I, I can't. I got chills now because I just realized that ultimately everyone's meeting her again for the first time. Yes. And they know who, and this time they know her power. And they know they how to know best treat her. They, they couldn't yes. best treat her when she was, a, when they were actually growing up. They didn't have the tools When Luther was like, no, I'm sorry I let you down. Like, you know, I should have been there for you. I should have helped you. Jesus Christ. Yeah. When she says, hey, if it's anything, you know, if it means anything, I'm sorry to Diego. And Diego puts his knife down like, 
I am sorry, you know, Klaus is just like, oh, no, I think it was like number five. It's like, hey, that, you know, it sucks. Like, I know what it feels like. Everybody's just yeah. very empathetic towards her because they're looking at her like a, like a bird with a broken wing. When before, like, she is look, basically, at, look at all of that in comparison to how everyone treats her in the first episode. Like, yes. It, and from the very first episode of the series to them meeting her again after her being the white violin yeah, and they noticing treat her like she a, really like hit baby, her head. Like, like, literally like a baby. They treat her like a, you know, hey, well, a baby so who when can Allison cause the apocalypse. Was very, like, she had like her hands at her side. Like she was, she was walking slowly towards Vanya as if there was going to be something like animosity. And the first words out of Vanya's face was, I'm so glad I have a sister. Allison went and straight and hugged her. I started crying. I'm like, yeah. oh my God. like, this is great. And just like you said before, when she had to go back to the farm for Harlan and everybody's just getting in the car one by one. And I'm just like, God damn it. This is like, let's go. The team's back together, man. <laughs> right. Let's do this. Like, I'm sorry. I can't. On I can't her side this it. time. On her side this time, as opposed to. On her side. Her that's so fuck. God, man. Like they get, they, they did everything that I would expect a, next season to do not a see yeah a season two it should this should be a season two story season two feel and characters but yeah. as far as a next season a progression of story they gave me everything yeah down to the long yeah. hair and new hairstyles <laughs> right you ready to talk about some space boy let's talk about space boy luther lands and ends up uh lands in 1961 is it no, he landed in 62, didn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah, because Allison's 61. Luther lands in 1962 and ends up working for Jack Ruby, the man who is known best for being the man who killed the man who killed JFK. In, <laughs> in real life, Jack Ruby was an American nightclub owner, and he fatally shot Lee Harvey Oswald on November 24, 1963, while Oswald was in police custody after being charged with assassinating U.S. President John F. Kennedy and murdering Dallas policeman J.D. Tibbet about an hour later. Although although authorities ruled that Jack acted on his own, various groups believed that Ruby was involved with major figures in organized crime and killed Oswald. Of course he was. As a part of, of an overall plot surrounding the assassination of Kennedy. So you see how this show played with that? They showed him like doing a lot of organized crime and underground stuff because we see that Space Boy ends up being Ruby's bodyguard and engages in underground fight in an underground fight club for money and board. After reuniting with Allison and seeing that she's married, he dives into a deep depression that sees him lose a fight, lose his job with Jack, and causes uh, loses a home and causes him to overeat. He also visits Vanya and lets her know that she has a family and that they are sorry. He makes friends with Elliot, uh, who was killed by Hitman, and him and Diego do their best to stand up to their father. At the end, he accompanies Vanya to Sissy's farm. Besides the five stuff, I don't think I'm missing much with Luther. I think his his thing is a bit A to B, even though he really likes Allison. He really likes Allison to the point that he's willing to get punched in the face and get a concussion <laughs> uh, for his boo thing. So Such a sad, sad scene where he was just literally just like, come on. Hit me. I want to feel pain. I want to feel pain. It's like, yeah. Jesus Christ. And he ate the whole box of chocolate in front of... I think uh, the guy who won is Kurrigan. An old wrestler from the, from the Attitude Era. I'll do it my double check, but that looked like that man's face. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's he's completely depressed. There's several times when he's talking to Allison, but the 
and Allison knows that Luther's the brother. I'm oh, sorry. Allison's husband knows that Luther's the brother, but still rightfully is suspicious of him. He know he knows. <laughs> but that's he it knows. really is. They really are brother and sister though. <laughs> but they're really not though. My gosh. I like when they And then Klaus is great yeah. with that. Like if you have to say technically yeah. it's already a You're problem. You're doing something wrong. <laughs> if you have to use technically uh, to defend it, you're probably already doing something wrong. Um, it, a, another sad moment is, you know, Allison in that conversation with Klaus and Vanya when they're all like drinking and chilling. Allison says, oh, no, you know, we don't like each other. We never even really kissed when they actually did kiss in a timeline that was reversed. Oh, yeah. The the greatest day ever or something like that. Or yeah. The greatest day that never happened or something like that. Or the day the greatest day that never happened or whatever. I, I know you're ready for your boy. So let's go. Let's talk a little bit about Diego. Oh, God, David, Ca- Ca- I can't pronounce that last name. Castanare? Uh, Castaneda. Nieda. Castaneda. Yeah. Castaneda. Yes. Okay, David Castaneda. Yes. He is, in this season, Yeah. he's literally everything. He had so much to do in this season, way more than any other the other the previous. Well, I say previous seasons. He only had one other season, but there really was a focus on Diego, his his mentality, what makes him a person on the show, um, and it was it was equal parts beautiful and painful. I had times to watch. Since we're in, we're in spoiler territory, and yeah. it doesn't really matter how we, how we go. All right, that moment when his father was bashing him. Him, and the camera was just zooming in onto his face, and you could see his like face was shaking in anger, and then he stutters yeah, for the first time in episodes. Yeah, counting season in two years, not even episodes in years, because we didn't for see him, him for him it would all. be years. Yeah, we haven't seen him but stutter he, at all as an adult. I think he started once. Yeah, he did. He, st- he stuttered when he had to put his mom down. When he had to put yeah. his robot mom down. Yeah, that's when he stuttered. That was but exactly that, that's 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 a that's a oh, that's a that's letting us in that he when he's extremely distraught reverts back to his nervous stutter, and we and hadn't when, seen him was, at this level. Yeah. Even with the Vanya stuff, even with all the craziness and the arguments, Hazel and Cha Cha um, being locked in an insane asylum. Even when all Patch all died, that stuff, he didn't stutter. Yep, even when Patch died, all that stuff, and but being it's in front of his dad again, all of a sudden Diego's ten years old again. And he's like, you're wrong. I'm like, yo, my, I was literally crying. I'm not going to front. Like, if it's I was a, at a it's, funeral, it's a I was scene. literally crying. It's definitely a painful it scene. Was and it a shows painful, us. And I think ultimately scene. it's a painful scene because I think we can all relate. I think we all revert back to our childlike selves when we're around our parents. Regardless of Especially when our parents are berating us and it's like, yes. <laughs> they're right. And we know they're right, but we want to prove them wrong. So we have nothing else to say, but you're wrong. Yeah, we hold them Which to Which is a just the universal level. I'm gonna prove you wrong. Right. Yeah. We hold them to this universal level of praise and, and recognition. Well there are there done. are parents. They brought us into this world. It's like you created us. Obviously we're gonna have this innate submissiveness towards you. Yes, definitely. I haven't seen my father in five years and I will still to this day, if I saw him tomorrow, I would give him the biggest hug in the world. Yeah. Because it wouldn't matter because it's my father. A hundred percent. Um, so when Diego was doing that, man, it, and, uh, and the rest David of the people Cassie at the Neto table, the rest of the people at the table uh, knew too. Yeah, everyone at the table knew what just happened in that moment. Everyone knew that Diego was basically not only put in his place, but like this is what it, this is how it always goes. 
You know, no, that's I was know. just about to mention that too. It's like this is just another uh, family dinner that that brings them all back to being twelve years old again. Yeah, like they're literally teenagers again, having breakfast with their father, going through the motions of the day, having to say that they're better than what you think, but his standards are so great. Like, yeah, he'll never reach his standards. Kind of sad, and the fact that he's in an insane asylum for being yeah. a, a quote unquote conspiracy theorist just and also having everything a bunch about of knives Diego on him. He also has a, a he also has a bunch of knives on him when they find him, so that <laughs> that doesn't help. Um, yeah, he lands in in September on September first, nineteen sixty three, and upon landing, is committed to a mental institution. Uh, after he's found with various knives on him, convinced the reason he was sent back here was to prevent the death of JFK. Diego escapes with a mental patient he befriends named Lila. Uh, oh man, that Lila girl is, is that girl played, is amazing. Lila is play, I had wrote this down. Lila is played by Ritu Aria. Um, Ritu Aria? Yes, Ritu Aria. Um boo, 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 we're going to put a pin in Lila. Uh okay, after I'm just going to say right now Ritu Ritu Aria? Yes. Bro, her, before she gets too old, and Aiden Gallagher, before he gets too old, <laughs> need to be Damian Wayne and Talia Abel. Mother and son. God damn it. Yeah. God damn it. Uh, so, after catching back up with Five, because he's escaped, you know, this place, uh, they investigate their father's activities in 1963, which gets Diego shanked by the man. <laughs> uh, Yo, it was such a great fight, though. I love... It was a great fight, and I love that Diego hates his father more for taking a cheap shot. Did you get that? Like he's like yeah. that son of a bitch cheated. Like I could have, I could have beaten him, but that son well, of a he bitch. Put, he does, he does the whole puts his hand up in that cowering motion of please don't hurt me, and it's like you know it, it, you're my father. I'm not gonna beat you over the head with this piece of you know ru- uh, rhubarb. Right. Like that's right. just not happening. And then he just—he literally stabs him in the in the gut and turns the knife. It's one of those twisty. I learned that from Face Off. I think I learned it from Face Off as well. Cause yeah, he does that the scene with girl, the, it? he gives yeah uh, Nicholas Cage's girl, character right. Nicholas Cage's character gives it to John Travolta's daughter and says, "If any, if you're ever in a like a, a position where you need to stab a guy." Stab him in the thigh and turn it to the side, and the muscle locks around the the knife, and you can't take it out. Wow! And you heard, yeah, that you stab- first. Yeah. Well, not first. Yeah, you stab. If you stab somebody and turn it, the muscle will lock around the blade, and you can't pull the fucking blade out. That's bananas. Um, yeah. So yeah, the man who's skilled with all the knives in the world still gets caught off guard and is with a knife frustrated. Yeah, with a knife. Um, he begins to have strong feelings for Lila, who has continued to follow him on missions. And the he two... had very reluctant feelings for Lila, and I knew it was coming. And the two, like, and the two I, sleep for some together. Reason. Uh, you knew Lila. You knew Lila was on. Was it on the up and up? No, no. I knew that that Diego was gonna fall. I knew Diego had feelings for and was falling in love with Lila from like the, the for, from the jump for some reason. It just from that that first moment where we get to see these two together. And they're making a bet on okay. if the guy bought his bullcrap or not. And then he's just like, "Very, I'm a lone wolf. I don't want you around." And she keeps following him. Like, if for some reason, it was like that reluctant love that I knew only would best fit a character like Diego. Isn't she the first one to call him out on his bullshit on his hero? 
worship or whatever? Oh yeah, she was the she was the first one that said everything that his father said. I wonder if that was said as an actual realization or if that was said to further her nefarious. Nah, we you you know late. All right, it it's with me. It's everything about these details that if you blink and you miss it, she grabbed his friendship bracelet thing that he was making from like he was just making the bracelet and therapy thing. Yeah, and the second like he leaves, she just grabs it and puts it in her pocket. Yeah, and then and for the rest of the of series, for yeah, for the for the rest of the series, she's literally wearing that bracelet. Yeah, for the next few episodes until you find out the big reveal. She's wearing that bracelet, and she even says, you know, I love him. She's always hesitant when the handler asks, would you kill him? Like, I just realized something. She faked an entire mental episode, didn't she? Yeah, basically. <laughs> what the hell? I remember this now. Remember she's like, you know, I can't stop the Everybody leaves happening. me. I can't stop the voices in my head. Right, now, right, yeah. right, right, right. Huh. You're a piece of trash. She was doing right? that to further. She was, <laughs> she was doing that to further the... The, the personality that she had to yeah. live up to. Okay, so she's equal parts. I want to say, um, but she still she still loved him. Yes. Yeah. I I can't I can't personally say that she didn't love him because she, that was I mean, just the straight up. Admits that she does, so I have to go by her word. Take and she even introduces him to the handler as her boyfriend. <laughs> that whole relationship is ridiculous, but we'll get there. It's uh, very Harley Quinn Joker esque, but like the reverse gender of it. It'd be like Harley Quinn. It would. They would literally be like Harley Quinn and Red Hood. Like if she just, yeah, had, it, like if she just had some kind of weird, like think crush Batman, but aim lower. Like if she had a crush on him and she wanted to keep him in a box. That's kind of how it is. Um, so that's another guy who should play a Robin. I would take him as Red Hood. What? Are you, Cast- you crazy, David? Castaneda. David Castaneda as. as- as Jason Todd? It's crazy because you get so used to his look in season one. That, I mean, season two, when you look at him in season one, it looks different. It feels weird. It feels different. <laughs> but you know what this is? It feels... It, this is always what's funny about facial hair growth. That I have to just admit that it does work with, like, emotional evolution. Like, whenever you see a guy in the beginning of a movie, he has a baby face. And then later, you know his character is specifically changing and he's his character has a beard yeah there's the character beard is supposed in, to signify definitely, the role definitely there's definitely character in facial hair you see you saw apple captain america you know look at walter white look at every yeah, look at every you can tell kind of haircut and facial hair that walter white has yeah you can tell a story you could definitely tell a story so uh, you can tell a story with, with you could tell a story more with diego's long hair than you can with klaus's his, his because for some was reason a little bit it was a little bit stiff at times though i think klaus's hair is real no, Klaus's hair is real. That's yeah, actually right, his because right. I, I sent you the video. Of so I'm getting perm. So when he got a perm, at, with, <laughs> he went to Allison and them and got like a perm. Got his hair all. Different. Bro, I love when Umbrella Academy keeps giving us dance sequences. Oh Just God. give me all the damn dance sequences. Give and me I, all the, I, the musical montages. And I, I love Ellen Page's awkward dancing. I love that she always she, does with her eyes closed, so she doesn't have to look at other people looking at her dance. <laughs> Oh yeah, she's definitely she's definitely dancing like me. She's definitely dancing with her eyes closed, so she doesn't have to feel awkward dancing in front of a group of sound people. She's just letting the music move her, uh, you know. Because you have to think these people are dancing without music. Yeah, they're They're being directed to dance and picture the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So it's like, of course, she's just gonna be. It's gonna look awkward, and I'm just gonna say it here. I hope Ellen Page is listening to this podcast because, in my heart of hearts, I know she can do no wrong to me. (laughs) 
I may not agree with her all the time with the things that she doesn't say, but after, it's just I can't. With all the movies that I've seen and with this show specifically, Ellen Page can just do no wrong to me. What I'd like to say about Ellen Page is that I think that um, she is really, really, really quickly um, kind of making everyone forget about the X-Men films. Because <laughs> she, <laughs> she was Shadow Cat. No, she wasn't. She wasn't bad with Kitty Pride, but she got almost nothing with Kitty Pride. She got mm-hmm. she got a love story. She was the third wheel in a love story for Kitty Pride because all those movies were made by sex pests. So <laughs> the women oh, on and those movies, not to mention all of the torture that she went through at the hands of Brian Singer. So you get what I'm saying? So you get what I'm saying? So you go from being shoehorned into something to actually giving the freedom to not only uh, you know show all of your talents, but in this season they write. Vanya uh, to be someone who's into girls. And Ellen Page is a proud uh, Actually lesbian into woman. Girls. So, yes. you know, like, I'm glad that she's gotten this freedom. I'm glad that she's gotten this blank canvas to work with. And I wonder if that's going to stick. I wonder if it's just going to be a, a bisexual thing for Vanya or if it's going to be a sexual awakening for her. Well, that's the thing. I, when I'm when doing these notes, I found it very hard to label her and Sissy as black and white lesbians. No, not at all. You know, I I think it'd be unfair. They I were. I I'm not that well, you know, versed in the sexual spectrum. Um, but you know, but I, you're smart I, enough I just to see I hesitated. Nuance. Yeah, I hesitated to just be like, oh, she kissed her and then she turned gay. You know what I'm saying? Like that. None of that. None of that. Yeah. that happened. So I I will get there. But no, I it's I just took, emotions. It's how your emotions feel. Yeah, I took I took great. Uh, stakes to not just you know try to label everybody and everything when it came to that uh, we spoke we spoke about Diego meeting Grace um, and warning her about her father's misdeeds and she eventually leads him leaves him, his father's yeah. he's at her oh his father's I think it's also crazy when Grace talks to Reginald Hargreaves and she at various times is asking him about the death of the president and he refuses to just outwardly say no like he says yes everything in the world besides just saying yes or no. I need you to trust me when the time is right. No, you know what was great was when she he walks in on her and he's like, "What are you doing in here?" And she's like, "I think oh, that, that was perfect. pretty obvious." Yeah, he's like, "Well," and he goes, really "Okay, so I then a second question." <laughs> so then the next question: Why is, are you in here? Why? Yeah, so I thought that was pretty funny because Colin like, Firm is yeah. great. How, that, that, Colin. I don't know, man, but he like that guy has a stare and a and a and a delivery. No, of no, that's 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 all I'm gonna say. It's not about the stare; it's about the delivery of his authoritative dialogue. Matter of fact, like when Luther comes to see him, and Luther's just actually genuinely happy to see his father. Oh yeah, and he's like, "You're not my kid. I would never like failure." Like, yeah, he's like, "I I would forgot that that happened first. Luther went to go see him, and then. He was like, what? That's why he doesn't give a shit anymore. That was what he didn't give a shit about. Yeah, he was like, children? What? I hate kids. I would never do that. And he's like, and I wouldn't do something like this with these clothes. And and yes, that that was so crazy. Like, even if I wasn't to be a father, I wouldn't be a failed father. Are you crazy? I don't fail. Bananas. And they basically kicked Luther out. Is that supposed to be a space boy joke, huh? I I guess so. Leave my man Luther alone. Um, After Lila's motives are clear, she recruits him to join the commission. 
He sneaks around and discovers an explosion that changes the timeline and causes the apocalypse. Did you follow this? So Vanya loses her control over her powers, which in which in the ensuing destruction blows up a FBI building, which stops JFK from being assassinated. Yeah, because they take another turn instead. Yes, but that explosion causes something else. It causes America to think that they were attacked by the Russians, um, which starts a nuclear war as seen in the opener. So the the reason for the opener is because Vanya, Vanya. saved sort of kind of JFK's life, but then started this Russian war. But this was this was, this is what you have to think of how the timeline went when Five got there. What happened was is Vanya and Missy, Vanya and Sissy still had their connections. They still had. They still kissed. They got caught by Carl. Carl call and tries to fucking, yeah. you know, tell him to leave. She still tries to gather them in their car to go. The cops still happen. They still arrest her. The FBI thing still goes on. So it was so funny about everyone's timeline is from the time five teleported everybody to the time he got to November of sixty three. Vanya's timeline was still basically unchanged. Yeah. Because he's there. She 10 meets days. Sissy. She they, she falls in love she's with. She's there about a week. He's there about a week before everything's about to culminate. And she's there a month. So in yeah. that entire month, she meets a woman, falls in love with a woman, gets on the wrong side of with a guy. He has a brother that's a cop. The cop calls the FBI. Yep. She Locked ends up, up being tortured and blows up the building. Yep. Yep. No. Um, but everybody else gets to live, seemingly. So I guess that all works. But once he figures out that that's what happened, um. You know, he wrangles up Klaus, Klaus Allison, um, and they manage to get close to Vanya, but her powers knock them all out. Um, ben, being a ghost, is the only one who can get close, and using his powers of possession, is able to calm Vanya down before journeying out of existence in the process. Um, and as you can tell, we're getting closer and closer to the end of this, but we're getting closer and closer to Vanya. So let's talk about Vanya, who I think is one of the characters, like Diego, who has a, a tremendous spotlight on her before we continue with vanya though i just wanted to say for diego yeah man like his his weird stubbornness when it comes to this you know the idea of having to um stop jfk's assassination be a hero um you know even when i even when five's like oh you know that that woman doesn't even care about you and then luther puts his hand on his shoulder like girls am i right <laughs> like I, there was a lot of moments uh, <laughs> a lot of funny moments with diego a lot of heartbreaking moments with diego because ultimately um once luther found out that he wasn't supposed to be on the moon he's kind of been in a depression so it's like that depression mixed with the allison depression has kind of made him uh you know immobile in many he's ways he's just a torture and you know the thing about his torturedness is the finding out his four years on the moon was fake and finding out his you know knowing his feelings for allison it's also mixed with just everything about him being alone in the family having to have the pressure of being number one like yeah. you know he never really got to live his life and we get to oh this is what i love about um reoccurring themes and reoccurring styles for the for shows like this uh-huh. is in season one we get luther's breaking point he does ecstasy in a club Yes. In season two, we get Luther's breaking point. He sucks nitrous gas with a conspiracy theorist. Right. And laughs about his like it, body. Like it's oh yo, he told when you when the guy made a crack about his body and he started laughing, like, you know I can break <laughs> yeah. you in two, right? Like, yeah, like I true. can literally That's snap true. you in two. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, bro, when he looks at you like, Don't worry. Don't know what's gonna 
on Nintendo's anyways. And everything that his voice was getting all distorted. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was that was such a scare. That was nightmare induced drug scenes. Those nightmare are the fuel. Terry Gilliam type nightmare fueled nah, drug nothing. scenes. No, we're not even up to Vanya getting put on the LSD. Oh my god. That Yo. was the nightmare oh my inducing god. fucking scene right there. Bro, that and you know what the worst part was? What's up? Is you, you know what? I'm I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell you off the air what the worst part about that part was. So okay. I'm just gonna remind myself. Okay. I want to go off the air on that I'll, one. I'll remind yeah. you as well. Um, <laughs> so let, you're right. So we're up to Vanya. You ready for some Vanya? Mm-hmm. Vanya lands on October 12, 1963, like Diego, just not the same time, and has amnesia, forgetting everything that's happened up until this point. While running into the street, she's hit by a woman named Sissy. Oh, sorry. She's hit by a woman named Sissy's car. Sissy takes Vanya in after realizing she doesn't remember who she is and goes on to live with her, her husband, Carl, and their not yet diagnosed autistic son, Harlan. It's uh, definitely implied that he's autistic. That's what I'm, that's what I am trying. That's what, that's another thing along with the sexuality. I didn't want to just be like, oh, you know, I didn't want to be like, I know what this is. No, but you know, so the thing is, like, I've, I've think actually seen Harlan, kids like Harlan, I've seen kids like Harlan. My uh, my uncle's ex-girlfriend, her son is like that. Doesn't yeah. doesn't speak. Like he speaks, but he only speaks into whispered ears. Like he'll pull on his mom's shirt and she'll bend down and he'll whisper in her ear something. But if he's around like people, he won't say a word. Very yeah, I- scared and timid of. Like my grandmother has a dog, like a Bichon Frise. Like it's it's a it's literally a small dog the size of a soda bottle, mm-hmm. and he's definitely afraid of the dog. Wow! So I've seen kids like Harlan before, and it's a very very like end of the end of one end one end of the spectrum of autism, like that yeah. far end. Yeah, and um, you know, unfortunately, autism is something that's more prevalent now than it ever was. Um, no, because even Vanya says it. Like you could take you could take him to a timeline where when she wants Sissy to leave with him with them to the future, she's like, yeah. you could take him to a place where they actually have a name for what's wrong with him. I thought that that was genius writing. Yeah, because you know it, it's weird. It's because <laughs> I, I, the reason why I laugh is I heard uh, President Trump say something recently, uh, similarly in the sense that I don't know if autism is more prevalent because there's more of it or there's it's more prevalent because we're testing more for it and now we have the uh, ways to identify it more it could be both um but i did some research and i found out it took to 1980s to 1980 year 1980 for the uh, medical journal to differentiate autism from childhood schizophrenia they didn't even think those were two different things that's in the 80s. So you could imagine what people's idea of autism was in the 60s. Um, Vanya, being from the future, has more patience in understanding Harlan's needs, which grows a bond between the two that makes Vanya an asset in the home. In one instance, she's able to use her powers as the white violin to save Harlan's life after the child drowns, but incidentally transfers some of her powers to the boy, linking them intrinsically. Vanya learns that Sissy is unhappy with her husband, Carl, and after a night of drinking with Sissy, the two become intimate at a time where any action veering away from the from heterosexuality was deemed as against nature. The two fall in love, and Vanya tries to convince Sissy to run away with her, bringing Harlan along before the two get intimate again, this time with Carl as a spectator. 
Carl convinces Sissy to allow Vanya to drive him somewhere and uses homosexuality as a metaphor for a disease he doesn't want to spread before threatening to send Harlan away because of his special needs. This causes Vanya to run to Sissy, telling her Carl knows and gets her uh, to leave Carl and run away with her and Harlan. While trying to escape, they are stopped by state troopers. Sissy left a message for Carl. Uh, who attack, Who Vanya attacks with her powers before she is gun-butted and knocked unconscious. When she awakens, she's being held by the FBI due to her strange story of appearing out of nowhere, having a Russian name at the height of the Red Scare, and a lack of memory. She's given Also, sh- she speaks Russian. Yes. Which I didn't get. Oh, because every, everybody sque- sque- speaks Russian, right? They all speak Russian. Uh, they all speak seven languages. I think, that, if I remember correctly, the languages that are like actually stated that they speak yeah. was Russian. It had to be Russian, Spanish, Latin, ancient Greek, Arabic. Or no, not Arabic. Uh, Aramaic. Like They speak all the dead languages and then the basic universal foreign languages. Yeah. Hmm. Because yeah. even number five was like mentioned something in ancient Greek. Um, Klaus mentioned that his father taught them like Homer in like the the original Greek, or taught yeah, them yeah, uh, yes. William Shakespeare and stuff like that. Like he says in the original Greek, no less, because that's a uh, 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 five quotes Homer to uh, the Palps. Yeah, so they ba- he basically taught them he basically taught them all the dead languages, which is Aramaic, Latin, ancient Greek. It was just a shock fucking. to hear the guy question her in Russian, and then all of a sudden she just speak without even. But yo, but it's know. so re- it's realistic to me because that's an instinctual thing when you're being when you're under when you're under like that that light when you're you're being tortured with like questions and you're just your anxiety is running. And you keep saying, no, or I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Dust be dust something. Yeah. I don't know. Like, like it was, I was like, oh, why did you say that? Oh, I was like, uh, I actually, uh-oh. my shoulders moved together. I was like, no, well, Vanya, what'd you do? Like, it makes her incredibly suspect. Especially, especially like, since so she like, don't remember anything. No one knows Communism was no very from. in there. Yeah. And she doesn't the even know where she spies. came from. The ideas of spies or, or sleeper agents and all that stuff. And um, and not only that, like, this is what the FBI comes up with, like, doing the math that they can. This is what they come up with as a story. But ultimately, that story goes all the way back to Carl. And Carl is basically told, hey, um, you know, turns out she's a Russian, <laughs> a Russian sleeper agent. So he goes back and tells Sissy, like, oh, you know, we all just got bamboozled by that Russian lady. Don't even worry about it. I still love you. Um so that's all crazy. That whole southern drawl right. accent is so great. <laughs> She's giving shots. But shot- it can't be. <laughs> what do you think about Carl as a character? Um, I guess. I guess the, what's the? I what's, feel like he got more antagonistic. Proper, proper term. I feel like he got more antagonistic the more they fell in love. Right, in a weird so let's, way. Let's like, go from our perspective in a okay, second. Yes. Like my perspective. Like, Some strange lady comes and she starts making out with our wife. Especially the '60s in backwater Dallas, Texas. You know, yeah. I don't want to. I definitely want to defend a homophobia, but I, I guess we're supposed. Usually, in an instance like this, we're supposed to be given black and white instances of to realize that um, things ain't right. And ultimately, I guess what we have is proof is Miss or Sissy constantly saying 
that we don't all get to have the life that we deserve. But I, I really wonder how they, she fell in all the way with Carl if she really doesn't love him. I mean, ultimately that happens every day. But in this series, when you get to pick and choose, I wish they would have done a little bit more to illustrate that she's been, she's had her handcuffs, hands cuffed from the beginning. But this feels kind of like a new thing. You know, yeah, Carl gets drunk sometimes. It doesn't tell her. She has to pick him up from the club. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, but listen, I don't feel like that's right. I don't feel like that's. I don't know. It's so hard because I don't feel things are black and. I truly can't look at things as straight black and white because then I'm then you're just taking this one step approach to good versus evil right, when there's 100%. also perspectives, emotions. Nuance, I, I'm not going like to sit here. Before. I'm not going to sit here and defend homophobia, and I'm not going to sit here and defend traditional Southwestern values. But, but you also, I'm but going, you also don't want to defend home wrecking. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to defend home wrecking, and I also, I when it comes down to with the the man and drinking, like that family man that decides to lie about his drinking, it's like, you know, sure. You can make the argument that no one asked you to to be a family man. No one asked you to work your ass to the bone and make your wife stay home and you pay for everything. But if you are going to do that, I guess in a sense, have a drink once in a while, you know, just don't abuse it. But and once you abuse it, that's when you get. The whole Carl of it. Oh, I got to go to the late night to the office when you're really going to Jack Kirby's. But the thing is, like, I mean, ultimately. Not Jack Kirby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, sound, it sounds Jack like Ruby's. Jack Ruby's. Uh, but, like, uh, I, I'm not, again, I'm not a like the relationship doctor. But I feel like that's the instance in which they come together because he has to ultimately uh, admit to what's been going on with him, right? And then she would say, you don't have to drink. And then they. But if she was not into him from the beginning, then I get it. Like if he, I didn't. I didn't think he had a laundry list worth of things. I don't know how she fell out of love, ultimately. You know, you know what it is? Is you could just put, you could put two and two together that you know, you know the kind of man that that character is supposed to be. We yeah. all, since the beginning of us watching TV and movies, we know what kind of character that man is. So you can definitely assume that he's not the very most sensitive man right. when it comes to and his wife's needs and it's and the stuff. 60s as well you know but i feel like his main and antagonistic trait besides getting drunk um is his uh homophobia and really that would be really it it's just but the i think not that, i think that that's unfair once you add up everything else because again if this was the other way around if this was um if if like this was a dude, right? If a guy was taking his wife, taking somebody's wife away from her because now she finally realizes who she deserves to be with or what life that she deserves to have, I think people would be a, li- a lot less celebratory. But see, all right, listen. This is I, I don't like to admit it, but sometimes this is also my problem with the double standard. Is that if it was another guy that came in with all the hearts, stars, and horseshoes, and clovers, and balloons, you know, and this girl decides to fall in love with this guy and leave her husband, we're going to feel this sense of empowerment for the woman. And But the second, it's like if it's another girl, and they have to write the man to be homophobic, and now we feel this antagonistic towards the man. It's like, no matter what, this guy's losing his wife, 
and we just have to assume, man, he's probably a piece of shit. Right, and I, you know, he goes to, you know, he does what he can, the best that he can. Um, like, he threatens her, and it's a bad threat, and it's a malicious threat, but it's still, um, it's still pretty... I mean, the only reason why it seems so bad is because this is a mental institution in the 60s where modern medicine and, and, you know, the medical books were not very tailored to these kinds of conditions. Yeah. So, yeah, in our assumptions, a, a, a kid with that crippling of autism in a mental institution in Texas in the 60s is going to be very, very bad. They're going to yeah. give this kid lobotomy treatment. Yeah, who freaking knows? Yeah, they, they had no idea how to treat anything that Harlan was dealing with at that time. So who knows uh, what they were going to try to do. But that was him. He knew and she knew, both him and Sissy knew, that if push came to shove and if the authorities got involved, that odds are Carl would be the one that gets to keep the child and Sissy would be treated for her crazy homosexual outburst, I guess. Uh, yeah, that whole that whole shit when he was like putting his arm around her and was like, I think it's time to talk to the pastor in the morning. I'm like, oh my God, Jesus yeah, Christ. That is not going to uh, end up working. Um, All that but, conversion therapy bullshit. Um, Vanya's given shock treatment and LSD, which causes her to remember parts of her past and causes her powers to explode um, out of nowhere. I mean, out of control, killing everyone in the building with her. After Ben saves her life, she realizes that something is wrong with Harlan and the family um, accompany her to Sissy's farm. While she was gone and her powers were out of control, Harlan was experiencing seizure-like symptoms, so Carl thinking it was something Vanya did, packed Harlan in the car to go to an asylum. Sissy shows up, stands in the way, and demands he stop, shotgun in hand. In the crossfire, a bullet is shot at Harlan, who deflects the bullet, killing his father. Now Harlan is in the barn, and his powers are out of control, so Vanya begs the family to accompany her to help him, and they do. And that's basically Vanya, I think. I don't think I'm missing anything. That's basically no. That, that that's basically Vanya. That's basically. I, and then, then we get the FBI up. torture. Yes. Uh, if you want to talk about that, because you definitely talk about that. El, oh yeah, that, El, the, the, the nightmare the, the trip with her 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 feet in in eyeballs, eyeballs. and eating brains and uh, seeming uh, the whole family eating brains and her father yelling at her, which was causing these levels of like waves of power to take over her. It was, it was all crazy. It was all, and you know, like that character just deals with so much torture in and out of that scene. That it's just kind of hard to, hard to watch. Um, so we're up to the boy. Um, Vanya, oh, Vanya <laughs> five does his best to rally up with the family, um, who have strangely taken to their new lives. Like I said, they are really digging it. Luther doesn't care about the apocalypse. Diego's hell-bent on saving JFK. Vanya and Allison are fine in their new lives. And Klaus is still trying to stop Dave from enlisting. Uh, Five tries to follow clues given to him by Hazel that seem to suggest Reginald Hargreaves has something to do with the JFK assassination. And after harassing him and freeing Pogo, they manage to get his father to meet with them and his siblings. Um, That entire scene is probably my favorite scene from both seasons. Watching them talk to their father... Uh, his just his attitude towards everything um vanya showing that she could use her powers like kind of hone in and have the ability to have control over her powers was a very beautiful moment um but yeah just the way that he was able to undress them all and the fact that they were all for the first time a unit against him 
in many ways. <laughs> yeah, think, yeah. I mean, maybe not it's against him, but you got what I mean. Like, they're a united front against him. They don't ultimately want to confront him or, or, like, hurt him, but they want to get him on their side. And I think that everything that's told to him in that moment, uh, you know, they, they bring up the JFK, all of it. And, you know, um, Diego bringing up that there's a picture of Hargreaves at the time of JFK's assassination causes Hargreaves to change his mind and change his plan and put a, like, a fake there. Like a, like a, what, an imposter? Um, and you yep. got to assume that him being told that he goes and adopts a bunch of kids and they have a bunch of powers and all of that. He wrote all that stuff down. He keep in mind of all that stuff and he's going to do things to change it, um, which I think is going to have an effect, a ripple effect. Across and it time. just it's so freaking crazy because now it's full on like shown and we're, we're, we're told season three is going to be the first season with the all seven kids alive. And Hargreaves, seemingly. Yep. Yes. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe even Pogo and Grace. Yeah, I want to know. What, maybe Grace, know what along the ways, worked out. How do you feel about um, Diego's seemingly mission to stop Grace from... Like, he seems to think that whatever happens in the future with her and Reginald causes the real one to not be around anymore, right? I think we've all kind of done yeah. that math. Um, how you feel about Diego constantly trying to get her him to or her to switch sides? It's his, his dead mama. It, it's just the it's just who's Diego like is. It's he ever since like we're first introduced to him, his very first introduction as adult Diego was stopping a home invasion. Like he's a hero. He he knows what's good and wrong. He he has that line the morals. Yeah. So him just be talking to his – this is what's so crazy is the fact that he was talking to his adoptive mother but the real version of her. He just sees her face and knows this is the robot mother who raised me and gave me my name. Yeah. But she's also real this time. So it's like she could have more of a uh, thing for her. She has, some, she has a penal gland. Yeah. She's not a robot. Right, she has right. a penal gland. Right, right, she right. can make her own decisions. Yes. Like she has a frontal cortex. So that's why they had that scene where she was actually ended up listening to Diego. He, I, this is this this once again. It's Dallas in the '60s, so you have to think that everybody has a certain mindset, way of life, viewpoint. Yeah. So for someone that's a person of color with long hair and a goatee, dressed like an assassin, yeah. is going to come up to you at a party and tell you that your husband or boyfriend, some guy that you really like, is evil. And you listen to it. It's 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 so weird, but it's so great for both characters. It's Diego stopping at nothing, and it's the real person of Grace having a real brain. Mm. That's crazy. I loved it all. I love it. I love it all. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it's just great to see Diego see his mother again. So that yeah. breaks my heart. Uh, but but. So, yeah, Sissy, oh, yeah, I already did all that. They go to the farm. Five is doing his thing. They argue. Uh, Reginald's no help, seemingly disgusted at the mere idea of raising children, <laughs> and storms out, leaving Five with some advice. If Five wishes to time travel, maybe he should do so in small increments. Five accompanies uh, Vanya on the mission to save Harlan. And now it's time to talk about the nefarious part of this <laughs> thing. Um... 
the time commissioner, the time commission has sent some people to do some jobs. And you know what the first thing I thought was, Dan? Mm. I feel like these Swedes believe in nothing. I feel like they might be eyeless. <laughs> well, I mean, come on, George. They were threatening castration. They literally when I saw When I saw these guys for the first time, all I could think about were the nihilists from The Big Lebowski. <laughs> That's Jesus all. That's every time Christ. I saw them. All I could think of, where is the money, Lebowski? Where is the money? We want the money, Lebowski. Where's the we, Or we'll cut the off money, your Johnson. And so, nice marmot. I'm just waiting for. I'm just waiting for these Swedes to chop off someone's Johnson. But yeah, the Swedes are sent a set of sadistic Swedish triplets to murder five who has not only mucked around with the timeline but has evaded the commission since season one when he refused to assassinate JFK. Uh, the handler, thought to be dead, uh, handler played wonderfully by Kate Walsh, thought to be dead after being shot by a hazel, survives but is demoted by her boss, A.J. Carmichael, for being unable to apprehend Five. This sets the handler on her own nefarious plan meant to relieve the commission of its leadership and place her back on top. She starts this by sending her adopted, super-powered, and trained assassin daughter, Lila, back in time to meet Diego and make him fall for her in exchange for information about the family. Knowing the Swedes are en route to kill Five, she creates fake telegrams for them that gets one of them killed. Knowing that Five will have no other choice but to bargain with her at some point, she trades him a time briefcase in exchange for him killing the entire board uh, um, at the commission leaving her as the only one able to run it. After Five kills the entire board, the handler gives Five a time briefcase, but he and his siblings miss their window. The Swedes are turned against the family, and Allison manages to rumor one into killing the other. The remaining two track down Elliot's whereabouts, or the remaining one <laughs> tracks... Oh, wait, there was two before that happened, right? So, yeah, sorry. Before, uh, before the Swedes are turned against the family, um, they are turned against Diego. And they've tracked down aliens whereabout, Elliot's whereabouts and kill him, claiming an eye for an eye. It's so messed up. Oh, my God. I love that. And then Uga what, for Uga. that's when when Uga yeah, for Uga. that's when Diego and Luther harass a woman named Olga for Olga. <laughs> because Listen, they we're going to come. We know what you did. You we're going to come to you. We're going to come to Olga means eye for an eye. Oh, you know what, lady? Sorry. Wrong number. Have a nice day. <laughs> Bro, that. Fucking they seemingly pulled out his teeth, me. stuck utensils in his eye, drug, poured his blood out in a bucket, and then wrote "eye for an eye" on the on the floor below. Um, after they do that, uh, both of them go to try to attack Allison, and Allison makes one kill the other. So there's only one left. Um, Dude, that was probably the one of the darkest shits I've ever seen in my entire life. The Viking funeral. That was so fucking dark. It was cool to hear no, that rendition of, when of, he, of Hello. No, I'm talking about when the last one was there. And, oh, um, he almost killed he, himself? He, he almost cut his hand? No, the, I, heard, the, no oh. the, I heard a rumor that you killed your own brother. Yes. That was, that was just too much. But what about when he's thinking about it and he 
goes to go cut off his own hand because the sight of even having the hands that killed his brother are driving him crazy. Well, I thought he was going to do it. That's what happens right before he finds out that um, all of the telegrams they had been getting were fake. Oh, I put I put that together when it was introduced that Lila was the handler's stolen daughter. When she was doing the yeah, I she put was that doing the arts and crafts. I figured she was up yeah. to something, and yeah. Yep, and they show her and sending it, one. They show her sending one to the Swedes. Yeah, and once they, they, they it was the house. Like uh, you're good at climbing, still, right? And then all of a sudden, the thing just comes down. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh, yep, she, they're the one. They're getting. They've been getting this shit the entire time. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Or at least they've been getting it into. Some of them have been coming in because some of those ones were coming in in a cabinet from the commission. Like the guy was yeah. in the kitchen, and he would open the cabinet, and it's there. But the ones that come through the freaking chimney, yeah, those were. Yeah, and um, yeah, because com- she knew that the commission was sending them, and she was still. That's also their fault for being stupid. So. Who was the? Because if sweets? you look at it, uh, yeah, because if you look at it every- with Hazel and Chacha too, every time. Yeah, I'm about to say all the- of them are are easily tricked by fake telegram <laughs> notices. Every time it comes in, it goes back out. Like they'll right. open a-, a cabinet, and bam, there's a telegram there. They'll right. open it, put it back in, and close it, and you hear the thing shoot back up. Yeah. Them, they just kept throwing it in the garbage. Yeah. It's funny. It's stuff. like, you know, you should have been able to put it into the, on the floor of the chimney, and it just shoots right back up the chimney. Yeah. But that seems to be a very, you know, fallible process if people can constantly muck with it and get people killed. Because <laughs> that seems to happen all the damn time. Well, even Five always makes a mention of... And Five and the Handler always talk about how... um badly managed the commission is yes. where even in the beginning of the series when hazel puts in the franco files into his coat and then he like uses his powers to jump behind the car he even says he's like how many times have i told them bulletproof briefcases right and yeah, even yeah, i'm yeah, like yeah. bro that's brilliant like, and, he, and he, he was also bitching briefcases. all of season one about their bu- bureaucracy you know? Oh yeah, Hazel was what one hundred percent hating hating the whole company cutbacks. Yeah, he was over that whole. Yeah, I don't even think they had insurance. I think that was the worst part about it. I don't even <laughs> think they had health coverage. That's ridiculous. They're assassins. How do they not get health coverage? Uh, after th- after the siblings missed their window, this gives Five the idea to steal the briefcase from his former self, who is set to arrive and neglect his orders to kill JFK. Instead, choosing to travel to two thousand nineteen and getting stuck in his childlike body, as we saw in episode one. Uh, this plan goes completely wrong, although Luther ensures that the old five does travel to 2019 so the young five can exist, even though the briefcase was destroyed. Uh, obviously, One of I my super, favorite parts super, of this show. Yeah, I super truncated all of that. If you would like to elaborate about what you thought about the young five, old five uh, storyline, um, the psychosis that you go under when you're too close to the, uh, somebody. I think that they were, it was their own version of that whole back to the future thing. Like... It, Every time travel movie or theme episode, they always say, try, try yeah. not to bump into your old self. Right. They always say it. Try not to bump into your old self. And the fact that they gave these like specific seven guidelines of what happened, like the, the symptoms, what happens when you bump into your old self, it gave real consequences to bumping into your old self. Yeah, because the symptoms started to trickle in little by little, and even five seemed to not really notice. It was Luther and them. Uh, my favorite symptom is paranoia, because it causes both fives to try to kill each other. And, and Oh, it was very, <laughs> like, that, that scene in Rick and Morty uh, season one, 
where when the time was split and they uh, Rick kept thinking his other self was trying to kill his other self to try and uh, get time back to split into one. Right, right, right. Yeah, they were but very, my, they were very untrusting of of one another. My favorite one had to, has to be uh, uncontrollable gas. The only reason why my favorite one is uncontrollable gas is because that's when you know homicidal rage is coming. So every time like Luther try, uh, it it's the den- it, it goes denial, paranoia, then the fart, Sweats, and then you have that rage moment. It's like yeah, no, but the way that they show it, like the way that they show the symptoms visually, is right. you see Luther say something, one of the fives deny it. Then you see the paranoia in their eyes and body language, and then you hear another denial, then a fart, then it goes into the rage, and right. it's just great. Um, they have they fight each other, young and old. Five. Um, I've seen people say that it's an homage to Captain America fighting Captain America. I don't think it's that cut and dry, but oh no, uh, no, 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 no! But no. evidence, ev- <laughs> evidence to support it. Evidence to support it, though, is that five does say, "I can do this all day." So I, I can't argue with that. I mean, you know, like, yeah, it's, you know, it, it's, it's pretty cu- cut and clear there. So the briefcase ends up being destroyed. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I wanted to bring this up real quick because I just, because it was, this was another moment of mine that I think truly, honestly solidified my reasoning behind Aiden Gallagher playing Damian Wayne was when Lila and uh, number five first fight. And at the end of the fight, uh, Lila was like, I didn't expect you to be this good. And, and uh, Aiden Gallagher's response was funny. I didn't think of highly of you at all. <laughs> right. And I'm like, yo, if that is not a Damian Wayne response, of, that's funny. I didn't think highly of you at all to a, wow, I didn't think you were this good. Then I don't know what it is. Yeah, that when, was absolutely perfect. When they make the deal, he does almost the entirety of the deal standing on her neck. Yeah, he's, talk, he's talking. He's talking the entire time. She's like, "Well, I actually like her. So if you don't crush her windpipe, I'd, I'd appreciate it." Okay, can we take a second to just talk about the the death of the commission board members? Sure. Can we just? Can we just? How beautiful that whole scene was, where he just. Yeah, I remember thinking <sighs> to myself, you know, man, this is a guy, and he has an axe. I hope we start. I hope we see a level of violence. I hope it's not. We're looking at we're looking straight at him. So, but we I can't didn't see expect him to use his powers the way he did. To where I'm not gonna lie, when he first when he first killed people, I had to rewind it and see it again because you just see him jump through space, and next thing you know, dead bodies are next to him. Yeah, and I'm just like, what is this? Yeah, and and horrifically maimed bodies from an axe, which is funny because right before that happens, I think it's some of my favorite parts of the show where. He's like trying to get the candy bar. He's looking around he for a weapon. He, t- he, he takes a whole swipe of a cake with his finger and eats the icing just to just cause. Just because just he's a dick. Just because he's just cause and grabs the axe and then kills everyone. But um, AJ seemingly gets away because of a secretary. And then he manages to kill AJ with a cricket bat. And well, sorry, so he doesn't cr- kill. No, he, he didn't. Freeze, yeah, he doesn't kill. Yeah. Freeze AJ with a cricket bat. It's so crazy because when I look at all the members of this team, to me, the only one that didn't change at all was number five. Yeah. He's literally doing the same thing again. He's messing. He's dealing with the same type of assassins again, the same board commission villain again. Like he's everything about him is just like if he's in a hamster wheel. Yeah. So you could, to me, it's thematically the way that number five is the craziest person of those seven. The reason why is because he's literally living. 
He's literally living the definition of insanity. Yeah, hands down. He's doing the same, same thing over again with no changed outcome because now there's even, you know, it's the same outcome. And he doesn't even get the benefit of having his old body. Um, I remember, I know some people had an, like, some kind of confusion was like, if they take old five's briefcase, how is old five supposed to get to the time? I think people misremember. Uh, they didn't use the briefcase. He didn't use the briefcase to go back to 2019. He used his own calculations. But because he was wrong on the calculations, he ended up stuck in his young body. But there was no briefcase. I, that was no briefcase. I think that was my only that. plot hole that I didn't like. Yeah, he did that himself. Remember, he did it. He did that himself. I think they're no, all no, given the, a briefcase. He spent years. The thing about the whole no that calculation thing is what I think. I think that's my only plot hole that I found so far. Is I he spent years and decades and decades doing this calculation to only get it wrong by one missed decimal placement. Yes, but all of season one. You never see him. You never see him being able to complete it. Or I would have to rewatch. Did he ever? No, I, I argue. Yeah, no, I. I think there's a moment where he says something very similar to, "It was just I'm always off by a comma or something like that." I. I all right. I, yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm remembering it too, and that's would, how they ended up being able to go powerful enough to the sixties. It would absolutely have to be in season one because literally no time passes between season yeah. one and season two because the second. It's just all I have in my head yeah. was him doing the equation. It, that's what I remember, like him going crazy with um, Dorothy or whatever her name was. The leg. Uh, the mannequin. Yeah, the mannequin leg, yeah. 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 Like he was literally going crazy writing on the walls with this uh, equation, but I just can't remember if he ever finished the equation or not. But being able to go to the 60s, taking seven people with him, he must have finished the equation. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he, oh, was gonna give them, he was giving him the equation – uh, with the right answer so that when old five goes forward in time, he would still have his old body and not be stuck in the young body. But he desperately needs them to go back forward in time in general because if not, he doesn't exist because he's the five that came back. <laughs> if any of that makes sense. Uh, so we are at... Okay. It is revealed that by preventing Vanya from blowing up the FBI building... Uh, JFK is still assassinated as normal, but after Diego tries to apprehend his father at the scene, the siblings are thought to be complicit in the assassination and are wanted criminals. Once JFK is killed, Reginald Hargreave kills the members of the Majestic 12, who he, ha- he had only used to get access to the dark side of the moon. Um, and although she was there as well, the handler pins the death of Lila's parents on five, fearing Lila's affection for Diego will cause her to defect. Lila instead hires Diego, who goes rogue, and the handler and Lila arrive at the farm to stop the family and retrieve Harlan, who has now shown to have powers. If you're ready, we can go on to the farm and the final instances of this series. Ready to go to the farm? Yeah, let's go to the farm. Let's get on this farm part. Let's do it. Once at the farm, Vanya introduces her family to Sissy as she tries to calm Harlan down, whose powers have gotten so uncontrollable, they left him in the barn so he couldn't hurt anyone. As Vanya is, does- is it me or is this... I'm sorry, I'm sorry, brother. Because like, for some reason, I kept seeing... I couldn't put my finger on what moment or what scene, but I feel like this whole young child with uncontrollable powers locked in this... A mental psychosis with things just moving around and flailing around is like 
a climax scene in superhero, either superhero or super-powered you're, fictional you're, yeah, movies. You're right. I'm seeing like the blue bean to space, right? I, I'm seeing something, but I can't. Well, I guess I, I guess I'm thinking of like Jean Grey in in that Dark Phoenix one. In matter, matter, yeah, matter of fact, in uh, several times in uh, Last Stand. So like the time where uh, Xavier blows up. And then the time where Wolverine has to walk towards her, I think, are two signs of like everything around going to shit while somebody who's oh no, but but definitely besides can. that, but also like specifically a kid, like a, like like a young like preteen kid sleeping, yeah, laying down sleeping with like the world around them like rocking and shaking, and people have to like try and help them before the world blows, and there's this yeah. time frame like. I could have sworn I've seen it before it in, in movies. Like I'm picturing it, but I just can't nail it right now. But it was a very great climax, especially to close out Vanya's chapter, because really, like you said off air before, like a lot of people were getting different spotlights. This was a really great way to close off Vanya's white violin bad guy. Yeah. Uh, arc. Yeah, because because you even see that she's fully realized good guy white violin when five gets into the future. Yeah, majority of her actions in that first season are manipulated by either her family or um, Leonard. Leonard. So this is Peabody, this, Jesus with Christ. Her, with her being herself, this is what she chooses to do. She chooses in this moment to go help and go help Harlan. Um, as Vanya does her, her best to reach him, the handler appears with Lila and hundreds of commissioned operatives, each with their own time briefcase. I was like, oh, that oh, was a that was a really dope standoff scene where they just started coming in with, with their bright blue suits and their hazel and cha cha esque helmets. Um, oh yeah, I saw like one or two of them with the bunny helmet, and I was like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> they have and they all have semi-automatic weapons, so they rain down bullets on the family and the farm. And to protect her family, Vanya uses her powers to kill all the agents. This is when it is revealed. She did kill them, right? Those are all really I assume so because the guy's like... I thought they were just knocked out. Cause the, no, because the guy... Mad stuff happens after that. And then the guy the guy at the end is like, go just just take one. Just take a briefcase. <laughs> like, they're not going to fight you for it. Just take a briefcase. Probably broken necks. They probably got all, like, whiplash from that shockwave shit. Yeah. Yep. Um, this is when it's revealed that Lila has powers. Because uh, she's able to use her powers to block her and the handler from taking any damage dude they super scrolled her yeah they did and am, am, am i am i wrong or did they really super scroll her i was very surprised about all this entire development they kept this kind of sort of under wraps even though there's an hint when she fights five and disappears for a second that she has this that's power. right yo i'm so good dude i'm so glad that we have this like level of understanding and connection <laughs> because i was lit because once it revealed who she was i literally said Wow, so that's how she managed to go from one side of the room to the other side. I'm just thinking she's like quick, like Catwoman, but yeah, no, she's literally teleporting she space and time. It. She doesn't explain it, and the, the show just moves on. So you're, you, it's in the back of your mind as something odd, but not as something that breaks the universe. But now, now think of it like this: think of how many times she could have rumored Diego, because it erases your mind when you get yeah. rumored. You don't know that you get rumored. Yeah. Now it has. Now it's in my head. Yo, what if they? What if she ruined him before? Yeah, she had. I don't know. So I'm starting to think that a bit of it is proximity. Um, which was. You think so? Yes, I think it's proximity, and she hadn't met Allison yet. Because the first so time that she, would be like as that reverse fact, the first time she, last stand. Yeah, the first time she does meet Allison is the first time she rumors her. So she knew her. Like she had the file on her because of the handler. 
She knew what to do. That was when she so got messed up. I heard a rumor that you stopped breathing. I'm like, yeah. oh shit! Yeah. Like what? Yeah, basically, like she forgot how to breathe, and she's sitting there gasping like a fish before Luther's able to give her. Uh, you know how that works. <laughs> Luther is able to help her out. Oh, Luther! And then he has uh, to get. Why does it have to be so awkward? Uh, you, you, you weren't breathing, so I had to do the, the, the mouth thing, and I'm so sorry. It's like, yo, Luther, bro, just yeah, relax, chill, relax, bro. bro, relax, bro. Just, yeah, relax, man. Relax. I'm like, what are you doing? Um, because if you have to say technically, yikes. Yeah. So boom, Lila has powers. We find out, and we find out she's also been. She was also born on the same day as the Academy. Um, knowing that she would be born with powers, the handler had her parents killed and raised her as her own attack dog. Um, now that Harnden has shown to have powers as well, the handler has interest in raising him as well. Lila attacks yeah, him. Right. Lila attacks Lila's a freaking the, born on the October, October day. what, 19th? October so it was like October 1st. like October. I had, October it down. I had it down. It's October 1st, yeah. October first, nineteen eighty nine. Yep, which is your birth, your birth year, basically. My birth year, yeah. I was a couple months short, man. A couple months short. Just um, a couple months short from being part of the academy. Couple months short of greatness. Uh, but, but, but. yeah. So she attacked the Umbrella Academy using her ability to mimic powers, and basically is able to disable all of them. Um, eventually, all of the family members end up in the barn where they try to reason with Lila that they're all family. Five reveals what he knows about the handler creating the kill order for Lila's parents. And while she thinks about what she wants to do, the entire family is gunned down in a hail of bullets. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> Everyone is shot. Everyone is shot with a hail of bullets and the entire family falls down. It's revealed that the handler was the one behind the trigger. And thinking everyone dead, she looks for Harlan, but is gunned down by the remaining Swede. Uh, five. I'm not gonna lie. I knew that this whole that that um once that whole gun down moment happened, my head Im immediately went to oh number five is just gonna do something and right. go back in time. It's like I knew that that's what was going to happen, but it didn't take away any enjoyment or any like surprise or yeah, there feelings was no way or the magic. To... So just when that happened, itself, I was just looking for I was looking for an out. Um, and especially since they foreshadowed it anyways with that conversation that he had with his father one-on-one -on -one where he says instead of trying to jump decades and months, try jumping seconds. Yeah, a lot can change small, in a second. Smaller increments. And he yeah. literally jumped back five seconds and saved his entire family. Like, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's so cool. Um, he managed to get his last remaining bit of energy. He goes back in time a few seconds, minutes, and manages to stop the handler from killing his family. Instead, Lila steals a briefcase. The Swede shows up anyway and kills the handler. And the new head of the commission, who is friends with Diego, gifts the family a time-traveling briefcase. Sorry. Vanya seemingly absorbs Harlan's powers, but we're shown that he still has abilities. Sissy declines Vanya's invitation to go to 2019 and instead travels with Harlan to Mexico. The remaining Swede becomes the new leader of Klaus's cult. Jack Ruby goes on to kill Lee Harvey Oswald, and Allison leaves a letter telling her husband race relations are going to get worse for a bit before they get better. Everyone says, "Yeah, that, that was kind of a beautiful, uh, not beautiful. Yeah. That was kind of a sad scene where, like, well, he was like, wait, a black president, we had a black, like all the way black, 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 <laughs> like black, black, like you mean we had a black president? But then he, but then the leg still gets sweeped from him, where she has to reveal, but." 
race relations still suck. Yeah. But you said that there was a black president. Like, yeah, but it's going to get bad again. Yeah. That was such a sad realization where he's like, but you said that there was a black president. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that race relation is still. That everything just ends. Yeah. Solved. Yeah. Like, because even he got a lot of pullback for being president. Um, everyone manages to say their goodbyes and the family travels to 2019. I love that Klaus grabbed a random black cowboy hat before he left. <laughs> I think that completes his whole look. That he was It completes his there. pirate John, young Johnny Depp look. Right. So he puts that hat on. Um, and then... Where am I? Oh, yeah. When they arrive, their father, Reginald Hargreaves, is alive and well, but doesn't recognize any of them. Suddenly, the once-deceased Ben arrives with a scar on his face. When the family introduces themselves as the Umbrella Academy, Reginald says he's never heard of them. No, he no, he does recognize Oh, he does recognize them? Because he said, I was waiting for you. Yeah, because when they came back and they noticed him, his first words was, I was waiting for you to come back, or I was anticipating for you to come back. Oh, so he, he remembered Ben who they doesn't were. know them. Yeah, Ben doesn't know who they are, and he doesn't know anything about adopting them specifically. Right. He probably stopped himself. He probably knew who they were instantly and stopped himself from adopting them. Yeah. Reginald Hargreaves stopped the timeline, but seemingly instead of creating the Umbrella Academy, he's created the Sparrow Academy before a group. I don't think I would have watched the show if it was called the Sparrow Academy. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have watched the show. Much. It's a bit much. Um, a little bit much. He calls them the Sparrow Academy before a group stares at them hidden in shadows as season two ends. So what are your thoughts on that ending? We had spoken about almost every episode uh, off air before the finale, but we hadn't spoken about the ending. How do you think about how the series ends itself? Oh, oh man. It's, you know what it is? is this show is not, uh, I guess you, the words would be critically bad. The show is praised. It has a following and a fan base. People are loving it. The The second the show premiered, the original, the original season premiered, Two is already in the works. So mm-hmm. you can already know that this is not going to be a show that's going to fall flat on its face and get canceled out of nowhere. It may be delayed a little bit because of this whole pandemic, but it's not going to be canceled. So yeah. knowing that a show like this is not going to get canceled and the way that they gave us this cliffhanger ending, now it's you're just basically telling us that there's going to be a season three and you're literally giving us the, the, the plot to season three. Right now, they have to figure out a way to go back to the 1980s and get themselves adopted by their father. You could say that would that would be cool if they do something like that, or like, or they they're stuck in 2019 and they have to fight off the Sparrow Academy. Like, there's so many yeah, ways the, you can go. One of the cool things is that when we left season one, we had almost no idea as to what would happen because we don't know where they went. We had no idea what was going to be the setup, any of that. This gives us oh, a yeah, healthy If you didn't setup. read the comic at all, you would have no idea yeah. what even was going to happen. Yeah, so this gives us a hell of a jumping off point to, for, for, to infer, to, to guess, to um, get excited for... Um, and now I'm going to have to read Hotel Oblivion, so there's that. What do you think? What are your, your predictions? What are you, let's get in our thinking caps on, put some predictions on before we close this episode out. What do you think mm. we're going to see in Umbrella Academy Season 3? I would like mm. to see the return of Hazel. I think he might still be alive, or could still be alive, or some something. You else think like this that. would be a t- this would be a timeline where Hazel would be alive because this would be a timeline where Number Five doesn't go forward to the future, join the Commission, and then screw the Commission over. I think that's so. so but for some die. reason, the Commission seems to be um, 
weirdly like unaffected. Like, yeah, weirdly yeah. unaffected by the constant changes of the timeline in a way that I don't know how that works. But I would love to see Cameron Britton again because that actor is tremendous. Cameron Britton is actually a, a real gem to behold on screen. One hundred percent. It's really whenever he's on screen, it's it's a treat. He's really understated uh, in his acting, but I think it it fits that character to a T. So I want to see him again. Um, do do you think that the Umbrella Academy, as it stands, ceased to exist? Like, do you think there's a Vanya I, in that I timeline, think et cetera? I think they're gonna do. I think what I think they're gonna do is I think that, that this Umbrella, that these seven members are still gonna be in a sense unaffected by the timeline. My prediction is, like I said. Uh, now that Hargreaves knows, because he had that he had that dinner conversation with them. Right. Who knows how long that dinner conversation was for, and how much they had to explain for him to believe they're actually from the future and they know all about him. No, I think he does believe it. I think he's I think he's pretty sad. Yeah. So yeah. So now, like I say, when 1989 comes and the mysterious birth of all seven of 43 of these kids happens, he's going to directly make sure that he avoids specific seven. And but oh, he, no, he didn't. Him. He didn't avoid all of them because he got Ben. Yes, but remember, he never met Ben in sixties because Ben was dead. How does he know who Ben is? Right, but that's why. But again, he ended but up again, ben. how do you know? How does he know who those kids are? Because he don't. You understand? They didn't tell him where they got them from. You understand what I'm saying? They weren't named. They weren't named when he got them. The mother named them. So how does he know out of the forty three which are the six that he doesn't want? Uh, I'm pretty sure shit, he found a way because he's a damn alien, which we probably should have said no, as well. You know, took off his face. No, that's what I'm saying. Alien. We never even talked. We never even talked about his closing out where he killed the, the magnificent twelve. Oh no, yeah, I mentioned it once. Once JFK dies, he ma- massacres the uh, the magnificent. No, but I mean, 12. We, but you, I don't. I don't oh, remember me and us you talking about the fact about that. He, yeah, yeah, and I don't specifically remember us. So, no, even if you did mention, you probably did mention it in our recap. But I'm saying I probably wasn't. I, I I don't know why, but I just didn't mention the fact that he took off his freaking skin and revealed that he's an alien, like in the comics that we know. Yep. Because he's in the comics, he's an alien that does that hates humans and looks at them as an ant farm experiment. Like he goes yeah. to Earth to study the stupidity of humans, basically. Like he so, wants to know what makes them tick. I think. I think in season three, we'll get a little bit more to know about the other 43 children. And I also think we'll find out what the hell, because there's a, there's seemingly some sort of connection between Reginald Hargreaves, the children and the superpowers. I say this because when we see Reginald Hargreaves in season one, uh, say goodbye to his wife, he opens up a jar that releases like these weird firefly bits of energy. And those same firefly bits of energy look like the ones that went inside Harlan and gave him powers. Yeah. Did he send these powers to Earth and then go to Earth to pick them up? You know, like, oh did he God. send these seeds, Wait a minute. These seeds Wait a minute. of an army to Earth and then... I think he did. And then go he harvest them? He pulled the ego. He, arvi- he yeah, harvested he pulled them? the ego. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, it could be quite possible. Quite possible. Um, do you think the Sparrow Academy is nefarious? Do you think that there are they are villains, or do you think they're just a different set no. of heroes? But, well, the whole the whole beautiful part about actually not having villains like clear cut mustache twirling villains yeah. is anybody that directly is an obstacle to our known and loved protagonist 
is an antagonist. Yes. Like that's just how it, it it's going to go. So this Sparrow Academy could probably be legit uh, Justice League. Yeah. They could be the greatest superheroes Hero- in the world. Time, right? they're, not, they're, they're not bad at all. They're very true justice American way. They're very clear cut, good in morals. But because they are not our Umbrella Academy, because they are an obstacle, a foil character, that's the term I've been looking for. Because they're this foil character for our main seven, or now our main six, they're automatically bad guys to us. Yeah. And now we don't like them. We don't accept them. We want them gone. It's great. It is absolutely great. There's actually a moment like that in Stargirl that had me freaking like just (laughs) flipping out i'm not gonna say anything i'll talk talk to you after the show because i want to know if you've seen that part one of stars and stripes but there was a moment like that where it's like yo who is the bad guy here right and then you have to like be reminded okay this is the bad guy this is the good guy like there's probably gonna be something nefarious with the sparrow academy but my predictions just as it stands is the only thing about bad about them is that they're not our six they're not our ua right how do you feel about how do you feel about both seasons and seemingly season three relying heavily on the time travel plot? You know what it is is um, each each season has so far been directly uh, related to two people's powers, Vanya and Number Five. Yeah. It, number Five with the whole traveling to the, to the future, then traveling back from the future, and and saving his family. Vanya being literally the person that causes the apocalypse. When that happens, though, is that an eye roll moment when you find out that Vanya is the bomb no, again? No, no, when you find no, out no, no, that no, because you know what it is. That's again. what it is about time. Well, what people don't seem to remember or pay attention into a lot of shows that try and explain string theory and quantum physics and time travel is that no matter what you do. The outcome, if the outcome is meant to be that, it's going to be that. How many ways can you get to 10 when it comes down to addition? Yeah. 1 plus 1 plus 1 plus 1 plus 1, 5 plus 5, you know, uh, 2 times 5. There's only so many many outcomes. There's only so many ways you can get to 10, but at the end of the day, 10 is still going to be there. So just because you stopped the apocalypse, just because you escaped the apocalypse in 2019 doesn't mean that you didn't bring the apocalypse with you to the past because if that if Vanya is meant to cause the apocalypse, time is gonna well, what was it? Time's arrow marches forward. Yeah, do so. Do That's you but, do you is. believe that? Do you believe that Vanya is meant to cause the end of the world and thus, regardless of where she is in time, the end of the world yeah, will come? I do, and I think it's, I, I think it's awesome because did, she could. Sorry, I was what? gonna say I did find it funny that the way that that five worded it was that the apocalypse followed them. He didn't say a different apocalypse yeah. happened. Yeah, no, he, he said, said the apocalypse, the apocalypse followed, followed them. them, which I thought was an interesting way to word that as opposed to, well, it's also an interesting one, way to look at it came out, is that know? when he opened that time portal, he did literally open the time portal in the eye of the storm of the apocalypse. Yeah. What if that beam that shot that, like what if it really did follow them? Right. Yeah, it's true. And especially in his eyes, he doesn't, he doesn't know if everybody landed in 1963 together or if they landed throughout different years. In his head, when he initially came to 1963, he figured they probably landed or here at the same landed, time. just different places, right? 
Yeah, like, it, we don't know what he was thinking. We just have to think what we would be thinking in that moment. Like, especially you don't have time to to look at to look and um process people's uh, outfits and facial hair. Right. So, yeah. you know, you, you he and it's funny because even in season one, in the episode Run Boy Run opening, he noticed what his family looked like as adults. Yes. He didn't even have to like process. He just immediately saw he knew. Luther and knew it was Luther. He yeah. saw Klaus and knew it was Klaus and Diego and and he knew it was them. Right. Yeah. So it's it, it's it's great that you the the way he looks at it is yeah he made the apocalypse follow them and I just and now here's the apocalypse again <laughs> right and it wasn't even it wasn't even like any specific apocalypse it's just the the ethereal presence of the apocalypse right is like it, if the apocalypse is its own villain right looming over them at all times and they crazy. were created you know all, all which those... is Vanya which is Vanya that's what I'm saying. The apocalypse that followed them is Vanya. He's, you're right. It's a, it's a cool way to word it, but it's also like if they're literally trying to tell you, Vanya is the apocalypse that keeps following them. But I wonder if then that, you know, because ultimately another person we haven't spoken about quite possibly changing the timeline is Harlan. Harlan is mm-hmm. in the sixties with superpowers. Who knows what the hell that leads to? Who knows? Especially since you know, he's autistic, right? And knows? look at all of these like tantrums that he has maybe he what starts the umbrella academy maybe he ends the umbrella academy maybe he's the one who scratched ben who knows but he's out there with what if he's the reason powers. why the hargreaves started the sparrow academy because now you have this be. kid from 1963 to 1989 with powers right that's like the next 35 years with powers yeah yep so what if him being uh, this you know autistic tirade for yeah, oh, that's hard really to say without feeling guilty about it but they do have him on the spectrum as this character. You, we do see him in the show. What if his lack of, a troll, lack of control causes catastrophic events? And that's why Hargrave starts the Sparrow Academy. Could be, yeah. Because he sees and that now the you end can... of the world is possible. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, man. It's, it's going to be a snake eating its own tail, but I cannot wait to cover season three when it comes out. Do you have any oh, I can't wait favorite at all. moments you want to talk about before we wrap this thing up? Anything uh, on top of your head? I, I like the off music. the top of my head, the uh, straight up, uh, kiss. Uh, What's kiss? I was, I was made for loving you. I was the song oh. by Kiss. I was made okay. for loving you when they're yes. at the the what was it the Mexican Continental Hotel? I think it was the Mexican Consulate. The Mexican Consulate yeah. when they're at there. Yes. And there was that fight scene with uh with all three of them, and all of a sudden the kiss song just hops on. And he throws and the it's so crazy. out the window. <laughs> and it's so crazy because that was the first moment where I think this was after you get the reveal that Lila is. Yeah, this is after you get the yes, reveal that Lila she's been is told part to of keep five safe. Which safe. Is why? Yeah. And then you see her with that chain. That this is where you know that she loves him because you see that moment of her having to fulfill the mission over wanting to do what's what feels right to her was a breaking moment for her. Like you see the, you see the hurt in, in her eyes. It's a testament to that character's and to that actor's ability. It was a testament to the director and everybody working on this show, because I really believe that her wanting to save him and her having to help five tore her. Yeah. And you know, I really like that five suster out almost instantly. I like, Oh, he knew from the crap. <laughs> All right, look. I know you have my my dumbass brother may be able to buy your shit, but I I'm not buying yeah, it for a second. Yeah, yeah that's right. great. I really really like that he was on the up and up when it came to that because um or you 
you also have to remember he's like 69 years old and worked in the commission for a while. Yeah, he knows just as many dirty tricks as those guys know. You know? He spent all of season one evading them, evading these time-traveling assassins. And he said, you know, I am the best one, <laughs> you know. Uh, I like Five's moment where he tells um, where he tells Luther that he's dad, basically, because of the age, the ages. He's like, look, I know because yeah. you're stupid, your stupid daddy issues that you're just listening to older Five because you think that he has seniority, but I'm actually older than he is, so I'm dad in this scenario. <laughs> and Luther's he, like, hey, what is he older than him by like a by, by like twelve days? Seconds, maybe. Oh, you know, you're right. Twelve days. The, day, the days leading up to the Leonard and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. He, uh, that's he. Yeah. As soon as he went back in time to 2019 to his family, it was it was a whole 12 day period for that that first season. So he's literally older than his younger self yeah, by, by 12 days. days. So no matter where he goes, he's still the oldest person in the room. Yeah. Yeah, and he was just over, freaking, um, just over Luther's inability to uh, grasp that that piece of knowledge um i they, they prayed up luther and diego's uh intelligent lack of intelligence sometimes uh to great effect uh in this show let me see what's some good klaus moments uh, all everything that klaus said everything that klaus said and everything dude klaus everything did. klaus said no everything klaus said and did when he was when he was trying to convince allison not to give her husband a second chance and like everything he was saying when when he was in jail and the follower came up to him and he's like I dedicated my life to him and he's like just don't go chasing waterfalls like yeah, everything yeah. Klaus was doing was a goddamn mood when he comes in and sees all of his brothers and sisters again for the first time in three years the yeah. first thing he says was oh my god is it possible that we all got <laughs> sexier yeah that was a moment too you know drinking there with Vanya and with the sisters you know uh drinking there he with got the to because dr- he's really he's really the effeminate one of his brothers so yeah. like it would make sense that someone who's more on the uh the gender spectrum right would bond with his two sisters yeah yeah and that's a that's a touching yeah, moment and, and in a and in a very beautiful non-barrier gay lead way because that's a problem with hollywood that has it they have that barrier gay barrier minority lead problem right and in a very counteractive way to that, they gave us the girls have their moment without literally, you know, in your face telling you this gay guy is going to say, let us girls have our moment. Anybody else with a lack of passion and a lack of respect would have had Klaus's dialogue say, let us girls have our moment. And there'd be a but moment they, he with him didn't with say that. They didn't his, write that. He'd have all the rollers in his hair. He'd be having his hands tilted to the side. He would have uh, right, nail right. polish on. Like it would be very in your face that he's let's go disco type right. homosexual. But but they gave us the flaunting effeminate nuance of that personality without having to say it. And it's they've been doing it since the first goddamn episode with him, and it's amazing. Well, what's interesting is I realized I was checking off the boxes of diversity when push came to shove. You know, Allison is a black woman. We got to see a black man on the show. We got to see um, lesbian relationship on the show. We got to see a gay relationship or, you know, a gay man um, with his future lover, I guess you would say. And then I was I thought we were done. I thought everything was over at that point. But ultimately, through Ben, they gave us an interracial relationship. Yes. And I was like, oh, 
they're like they're just they're batting for a hundred in this in this scenario. They're just we're just gonna do it all in in the best way. Honestly, in the best way. None of it felt like oh, why did they do that? Also, they, they look at and if you want to look at it with Diego and and Lila, they're even giving us you know relationships between people with mental issues. Yeah, and um and messed you up have mental issues <laughs> relationships. You have homosexual relationships. You have interracial relationships. You have black empowerment relationships because you literally have Allison for two years fighting in civil rights movements. Yeah. Yep. And you can even go so far as to say that the handler is asexual. I think did – did they, did they allude no, to the fact that her that she and five, five. – Okay, yeah. I'm just, just making sure. Item. Just making no, you're, sure. You're, I felt like wrong. they kept trying to say that, that they wouldn't just come out and it's say just, it. It's just really uncomfortable to watch – to Kate think, Walsh to think. flirt. No, not even. No, they literally oh, to write watch, Kate yeah. Walsh to flirt with Aiden Gallagher. Well, he's eighty years old, 60, 70 years old. Supposedly, yeah. But know, when but... when 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 tall ass Kate Walsh walks in with that Victorian period dress yeah. and she's literally talking about about number five high socks, I'm just like, oh. how do you feel about I Kate get... Walsh uh, eating AJ? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> That's Bro. one way to stop a coup, right? And just eat, Dude, eat AJ. That that was great. And also, how dumb can Lila be? What about La, La, I, I can't La Resistance? The, La Resistance the, 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 is... The, 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 I, the guys I, from the commission that, that are, are trying to go against the handler and all her plans because they know that she did a coup. And I like that moment where Diego's in like the, I don't know, hyper... What do they call it? Switchboard, whatever, intergalactic... Oh, and he's just like geeking out like a nerd. Yeah, but then that guy he's shows like, oh up. God, he's like, "You're not supposed to be here. We might get caught." And he goes, "Oh, okay. So you might as well hurry up." Then, and then, <laughs> yeah. and then, and then he's like, "He's like, you can't be in here, Diego." He's like, "You know me?" He goes, "Yeah, you're you're yeah, Diego you're number two. You're a legend, but we can't be in here, or else we're gonna get caught." And he goes, "Come on, is that any no way, way to, to talk to a legend?" legend. <laughs> <laughs> that was poetic. No, no it was so no. what, great. What dish? What literally had me? I had to pause. Because I was cackling, and then I tried unpausing it, and I was still cracking up. When this dude and Diego met up on the farm, and they had that long-ass handshake that ended ended with the both of them taking a, a hit from a joint. Yeah, I was, like, the the he just, I was like, did he just take a <laughs> yeah. hit? He just smoked a, little, uh, smoked a little hit, and I was like, oh, wow. You just see that. I think it was like number five was standing next to him, just like watching like this all of this unfold. But you just see Diego and this dude just having this long handshake for no reason that ended with them miming, pulling a joint and throwing it on the floor. And this dude is like four foot three with like a big nose. He looks like a he looks like a shrinky dink Steven Root. He, he looks like I'm that not guy, gonna lie. He looks like that guy from that guy that was in Joker. Oh, uh, Gary. Um, Gary. Gary looks like him a little bit, but oh, um, little Gary, oh little Gary. Another scene that I just thought of because you said that was when, um, uh, what's his face? Diego mentions the switchboard, and Five's like, you, you, "Since when do you know anything about the commission?" He was like, "I worked for the commission." What? All of a sudden, you're the only one good enough to be a time traveling assassin? <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, well, he's kind of right. Diego did get <laughs> he did get enlisted." You know, you're not the only one working for the commission. No, he, he no, he he legit went through a orientation with the commission. Yeah, he did. So I thought it was so funny that you know, like five raised his eyebrow, like, "Well, what do you know about the commission?" Wait, they let you touch the switchboard, like all that stuff. And he's like, "Yeah, you know, uh, I I I like that because Diego needs some wins, 
some time. So I thought that was great. Um, all the like I said, the Ben scene that really sticks out in my mind. Just the way they shot the the sun, the warmth nature of that, the way they shot his feet touching the dirt when he took off his shoe, his cowboy boots. No, it was basically his first date. Like poetically, it was his first date. Yeah. And all of that was beautiful, even though it was revealed that Klaus did sleep with that woman. What? So I said it was revealed that Klaus yeah, slept with, threesome. Slept yep. with uh, him. Yeah. It was him, her, and the guy that he leaves the cult to. Yeah. Uh, watching the people weird. get salt and sugar thrown at them during the sit-in was a little bit hard to watch. Get yelled at and, and, and accosted. Yeah, well, that, that uncomfortableness was hard. Real. But it was crazy with Allison making the guy pour the coffee on his hand. Yeah, yeah, and I guess that was... I guess that's when you're led to believe um, that she doesn't do this because she's because of her fear of overdoing it. Um, I thought they were setting up for something very poignant that should have happened, where I thought that she was gonna mention like using it for the cause, and then the husband's like, "I don't think you should force tolerance." You know, and it's true. I think yeah, it is, but they don't say it. So <laughs> it's a cool, it's a cool thing to say, uh, but that I believe um, that they don't go the route of. But I think it's implied, as most things are on this show. Um, all the handlers' outfits are absolutely ridiculous. Lila, especially in the beginning, when you don't know that she's um, working. It's funny because Lila has a very like um, uh, Lilu Dallas uh, Fifth Element type outfit like she has like that white crop top undershirt with like this uh vest overall overall vest with with the bucket haircut yeah yeah uh uh, she's absolutely unpredictable until you know you find out what her actual motives are like that character before you find out what she's doing she's just literally crazy (laughs) um which i thought was was fun in those beginning episodes rest in peace but i'm also not gonna lie if you really think of it if you really look at it Look at her placement of where and when she is. She kind of does stick out like a sore thumb. Like she, yeah, you want to assume like she's like young. She's yeah. a young Middle Eastern petite British, crazy British girl in nineteen sixty. British accent, so probably apartheid type parents in nineteen sixty three in right. Dallas, Texas, right. in a mental institution. Right. Oh, one of these things are not like the other. If I'm going to say it right, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Uh, but she that character was, was was real fun and odds are she has a time traveling briefcase who knows what she's up to and oh yeah that's what I should have said I think I, when they first what surrounded her in the barn and started talking about them all being born on the same day to me it was the idea that she would replace Ben as the seven me um, too I thought that she was gonna be a part that they, they were gonna like the next season would gonna give us this new trainee new like they always Academy, do with these right. Yeah, and they always do it with, like, the X-Men, the Avengers. Like, they give us this, uh, like, once villain. It's the Scar- She could have been the new Scarlet Witch in a sense. Right. Um, she could have been, like, the new Scarlet Witch. And I'm not saying that she can't now, that everything is just well, going knows where she went. Way, but Who um, knows if she didn't go to her parents? Yes. Like, she got the briefcase. What if she literally went back in time? Yeah. To but she would still be, with be her existing parents. too, so that would be kind of interesting as well if they meet. Back yeah, but what if they, what if she went before she? Wait, no, you can't go and your parents with people they ever existed <laughs> no, because right. then you would basically erase yourself. Right. So then you would grow up with your younger self as your sibling. She would go brothers. back to 1992 to stop five and the handler from killing her. Yeah, basically. But that might also incur a bunch. But of it would also erase things, herself. Uh, it would erase happening. herself. It would erase herself, and then she would still be another. Self. 
this is what's so crazy about time no, traveling right. to it would, it would erase, the same area. It would erase like, the, the, the Lila that was adopted by the handler and the regular Lila would just grow up to be a, a full-grown adult. But would your conscience travel over or are you just going to no, die? I don't, like, I don't what think happened? you'd try I don't think, yeah, I think you'd die without knowing what happened. I think you... Yeah, your conscience yeah. doesn't transfer over to now your newer timeline self. You no. just you just die. Yeah, because you're a blank slate. Yep. Yep. And this podcast is about a blank slate or as blank as it can get um oh i love this show i i i hope we did it justice it's amazing. um I, I went back try to take as many notes as i can we might still be missing stuff but if we are you can always write to us i'm um, pretty sure we covered everything that we can truly cover about this because you know the thing about the show it's not it's not very like uh packed it's not high stuff there's not a lot of things in it that's going on that you're going to lose your place it's what's the word i'm looking for it's like very self-contained like you yeah, can literally I'm, fit the story into a small little area and upon review you realize what threads actually matter versus what threads are kind of just filling time because every show has like luther's time. thread luther's thread fills time a lot of but, threads fill time we didn't talk about the eating the barbecue allison's or the thread eggs. sort of <laughs> fills time in a sense allison's thread i guess you could say fills time sort of so really the time. threads that the threads that matter is the Diego thread because it leads to a reveal twist. Even the Klaus one, you twist. could argue, if it wasn't for the Ben of it all. I think Ben, Diego, and Vanya's and Fives. Ben, Diego, yeah, ben, Vanya, Five have the best. Uh, but without the thing is, season. without Klaus, you get without Klaus starting that cult, you get no Ben right. arc. But it's also funny because all you need is Klaus starting the cult because then you get the Klaus's. Then you get actually Klaus's story that fills time because at the end of the day. Uh, what's his Dave just went to the army anyways another thing is Klaus's story actually has to fill time because he has to fill time before they show up <laughs> yeah basically you understand like well, he literally has to fill he, time until they show there. up in 1960 he has to fill three years right exactly 100% yeah or at least three years for number five yeah because this is because once Klaus found that woman in 1960 he then travels the world for the next three years and then returns the day number yeah. that's funny because the day number five gets there is the day klaus returns right yep everybody else has literally been in dallas together chilling but it, but it also begs you think how many times have luthor and allison not been able to run and bump into each other how well they said that they said with? that all of them came back to the alley Every single one of them came back to the alley to see. No, they kept anybody, going back to the alley, and then they come, stopped. And then, so they tried. They tried. Like, it's a roll of a dice, you know. But how often have you been I on the train? Sometimes know, you see people. Sometimes you don't. But think of it: how many, like, Carl lost his wallet in the club, yeah. prompting Luther to find the wallet and go to the farm and find Vanya. Right. But how many times could they could have Carl lost that wallet before? Why didn't Carl lose that wallet? I know, you know, Vanya was already there for a month. But so that's what I, but that's what I was gonna argue. I would argue that Luther I'm more thinking about return... Vanya, uh, Luther and Allison how they have not been able to bump into each other being in the same town. Yeah, Luther. Uh, well, one thing odds are they're not allowed in the same places, so that that that's that, true. That's that true. adds to a lot. Damn it. Um, but besides God that, damn America, what is wrong? Besides that, uh, Luther does not go to that farm unless he sees uh, uh, Vanya in the car. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, you yeah, know, he, he noticed wallet, Vanya picking up Vanya Carl. in the yeah. car and was like, oh, is that Vanya? And then follows it out. If any other drunk would have left his wallet, I don't think he goes to go return it. No, definitely not. Um, so, yeah, everything uh, happens, uh, happenstance and serendipity. 
And this podcast is very serendipitous. Yes, this is going to end serendipitously because, ladies and gentlemen, this is the end. Uh, But if you like this, I I would suggest you go back. I'm probably going to go back tomorrow, honestly, while I'm at work and listen to the first season recap that we did. Just to see where I was there and what I was ready for. Uh, oh, definitely. This, you know, and that's this, definitely an idea to do. And then this will be out. I suggest you guys go go back and, and look at um the episode where we covered Umbrella Academy season one. I'll see if I put post it also on Facebook tomorrow. But um that the easiest place to find that in every single episode of this podcast, the Major Issues podcast, is to go to comicbookclick.com. Comicbookclick.com is the one stop for all things comic book click. That's articles, merchandise, every episode of the Major Issues podcast, profiles on the members of the click, and it's where you guys can come and literally give us feedback on anything that we do uh by commenting in the comment section. Regardless from that or Regardless of that, we are available wherever podcasts are found. That's Podbean, Stitcher, the Apple Podcast app, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneFind, iHeart. Uh, We're on all of those. Wherever podcasts are found, the Major Issues podcast is found. But the quickest and easiest way to find us is to type in the Major Issues podcast into your Google search bar. And we'll be the first ones to pop up because we're always talking the latest and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. Like I said, uh, at the top of the show, our social media is blowing up, but you can reach us on social media at going, by going to facebook.com slash comicbookclick, Instagram at comicbookclick, or use the hashtag comicbookclick to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. Also, uh, you can reach us at Major Issues CBC on Twitter. If you go to our Facebook now uh, and you scroll through, once you hear this episode, you will see that Dan the Comic Man has done a post where if you give him a period, if you comment a period on the status, he will tell you what member of the Umbrella Academy you are. So that's right there. On Dan the Comic Book Man, as long as you, as well as I don't know if you people know, but has also written an article on the Umbrella Academy because I just love that's true. his damn show so much that I have an article out. Yeah, of my eight, eight great moments of the first season. Yep, and that article is there, ready to be read. It gets you guys primed up for this season. I know not everyone tackled the season as ferociously as we did with all those episodes <laughs> taken in all, you know, for the entire weekend. Um, but when you guys get there, when you get there, and we'll be on the other side as we always are. So make sure that you're following us across all social media. Make sure that you're following the Major Issues podcast. Um, like, share, and subscribe to it. Tell a friend to tell a friend. If you like it, get a friend to listen to it. Maybe just listen to it because you think it's dumb. Get all your friends over. To, to get them all to subscribe. And uh, the only thing I ask of you guys, because we provide this content free each and every uh, Wednesday, knock on wood. We haven't missed one yet. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes. It's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters. It's free. You could do it in app. Uh, we have um, a tutorial of how to do it on our Facebook, uh, at least from an iPhone. But you can do it in any of the podcast apps that you're in. You can rate and review a, a single episode or the entire podcast and give us some um, motivation. Not only does it um, 
motivate us, but it also gets other people to listen to us because high rated podcasts show up in podcast directories, which garner more fans, which increase the fan base. Uh, I've been to the future just like five, and I know that we become the latest and greatest thing to come to comic books and comic book media, but I can't tell you guys. Yeah, but does the apocalypse follow us? The apocalypse could follow us, and we do not want that to happen. So just make sure that you're liking, sharing, and subscribing. You're going to comicbookclick.com. You're rating and reviewing us on iTunes, and that you're here next week where it's my turn, baby, because next week we're covering the Doom Patrol. That's the Dawn Show. I love Umbrella Academy, and I'm never going to be one to pick one of my two children. But I'm saying we're having fun this week, and we're gonna the fun continues next week when we close oh, yes. out next Doom week, Patrol we get Season to talk 2. about George's yes. Umbrella Academy version. That's it, Doom Patrol Season 2. So make sure that you guys are here for that. Um, I also want to say Nick Perkins said that he thought two season two was pretty good and he can't see what happens next season. Uh, he answered the call to comment on what he thought so far about Umbrella Academy. Thanks, Nick. And we can't wait. Nice. Thank either. you, Nick Perkins. We can't wait either. So make sure that you guys are here next week. My name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. I am Dan, the comic book man. And this has been our Umbrella Academy Season 2 recap and review. And remember, whether or not you're a crazy conspiracy theorist trying to find out who shot JFK, whether you have daddy issues or uncontrollable powers, whether dad lied and told you you had to go on the moon so now you eat a bunch of eggs, or maybe you're just the one that heard a rumor. Remember, don't go chasing waterfalls. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy.